Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. What's good, Internet? It is Friday, November 15th, 2019. Todd is already laughing today. You're listening to Waypoint Radio, episode 279. I'm your host, Austin Walker, joined by Cotto, by Patrick, by Rob Zachney. We are halfway through November. We are... Yeah. Uh, no, we're not. Yes, we are. <laughs> By the time you hear this, yes, we are. Refuse. <laughs> I guess 31 days, right? This is November 30 days. Da, 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 da. No, it's no, November it's 30, 30 days. days. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're <laughs> fucked. We're halfway <laughs> through. shit. Yeah. yeah. Start behind presents. I don't know. You're good. You got some time. About time, it's about money. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, totally. I thought you meant like you had to go shopping. Uh,. Yeah, no, I mean, I do, right. but, like, so that I can spread it out over multiple right. pages. that makes sense, that makes sense, yeah, 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 um, How's everyone doing and on this cold, it's increasingly cold, cold winter, uh, uh, autumn day? <laughs> it's fucking winter. Yeah, it's Once autumn. it goes below yeah, it was, 30, it's fucking winter. <laughs> we live in it was New a, it, was a, it was a high of 17 uh, <laughs> yesterday Jesus. out here. And I'm once again reminded of that I live in a split level home in which half of it is underground. It's not. It's not. It's not. How's good, that insulation going? You. No. Fuck you don't. You. It doesn't matter. The insulation is the the, the, the soil that is that is now frozen. God. Uh, yeah. It's it's getting to the point now where I'm like. So the thing with New York, we've had this conversation. I'm sure it's just like a lot of apartments don't control their own heat, and uh-huh. so it's reached. It, we're in the part of the winter. The thing for me, where I'm like, yeah, this is winter. Is when I'm like, you bought the no thing, right? Did you install it? The air conditioner? No. Oh, is that get a heater? I'm not Buy gonna, a nice heater before they're no, 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 sold out. I have heat. No, 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 no. Heat, heat. I bet he's getting too much heat. It's, yeah, I'm getting too problem. much heat. In New York, oh. you don't control the heat mm. in the other direction, which means it's boiling from Who now. Who controls and, the power? Uh, the landlord, and it's not like the power. It's 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 steam. It's steam. It's a it's, it's a radiator. It's a, it's a radiator. Yeah, it's like a boiling I radiator. Steam that was nice. Uh, it's next to my computer, which is not like, what's well, not immediately. Not but it's like yet. next to my desk. <laughs> sure. You know what I mean? And so that makes it hard to work. And then and then it's just like it's just dry. It's just like I need to get a humidifier in there to get humidity in the air. Otherwise, it just dries up the whole room. I can, have a humidifier. I just need mm. to, to set it up. Or you can get leaky leaky radiators. Or you, you know get what? The, get the both of them. <laughs> Best of both worlds. Yeah, <laughs> yeah totally. Get some of that, but no, it's like it's, it is straight up the point now where I'm like, I gotta open these. Fa- I gotta open up these windows and put some fans in the in the, in the windows. Yeah, to bring in some cool air. Yeah, which is silly. New York living. Yep, all my windows were open yesterday, even though it was what twenty six yep. here. <laughs> yep, it's not. It only sort of works. Like part no, of yeah. your apartment yeah. is just freezing cold. Yes, and then it's still like too warm in, in the, the interior. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I. 
the the number one thing that was like cool when I lived in Canada was was like the first time in my life that I had central AC and, and heating. I was like, whoa, yo, we did this. We built this shit. This shit just works like this. You can just make it a temperature in a building. Just do it. Damn, wild. Could be me. In theory, you're supposed to be able to, uh, you know, shut the valve on radiators. Yeah. Okay. That doesn't fucking work. No, because like there's an exposed pipe in my room. Yeah, that's the one too. Like and that the, is the pipe hot. that is just always there. Yeah, if I touch it, I burn my arm. <laughs> and then like I swear, like if there's a hundred radiators in a square block of New York City, one of them maybe works. Yeah, the, m- maybe. the valve maybe you yes. can close it. Yes. Otherwise, they're always on yeah, full either blast. Either it's on full blast or it's just completely broken yeah, and you're freezing. Yeah. So and that's the thing. Is at the end of the day, I would rather be well. When it comes to like winter cold, I would rather the radiator work and we have to like adjust yeah. down with air and you know whatever and or uh, with like uh, fans and whatever than the opposite than than it being like the times that my radiator has been broken and it is like 10 degrees out i'm like well all right catch me in bed under 30 blankets in every pair of pants i own and every you know hoodie i'm just like pile it on pile it on <laughs> catch me so like the when Michelin i lived man. in wisconsin uh when i lived in wisconsin it was our first apartment and it was a Gorgeous home, but it was in really rough condition uh, in some key ways. Had radiator heat, which was my first time living with uh, radiators because we'd always had central air uh, and, and heating growing up. Um, and at first, I like I was, thought the radiator heat was really cozy. It's a very different it sort is, yeah, of yeah. heat than uh, central air. But then, like in the dead of winter in Wisconsin, and it's it gets so incredibly cold there. Like you're talking about when it's 17, it's it's winter. Mm, I don't know. Like uh, I, I, I was, I was, tr- I was given slightly harder instruction uh, when it came to winter. But as that temperature delta increased, um, what started to happen was glaciers would start to form around the doors of my building. Like there was our rent basically doubled during the winter months because. Our house was so heat inefficient that, like, the radiators were just going all the time. Uh, And so, and I think they were ultimately powered by, they were powered by steam, powered by gas. uh, And so everything just shot through the roof. But by the, like, late January, early February, you were starting to have problems, like, opening and closing doors. Oh, yeah, 100%. Because the ice block by the by the seams, the generous seams around the doorways uh, and the door frames were starting to get so big Fuck. that you were just starting to sort of like wet. It was like a doorstop and you just sort of had to wedge it closed. It was great. This, this was, uh, yeah, that's, I've had don't, that Don't miss that. No. Nice. Now, these days, we just, we go to our warm homes, we boot up our PlayStation 4s, and I do my best to stay warm by the light and the heat of a lightsaber. Uh, we got uh, some light lightsabers don't really heat? emit heat. They no. do not. Uh, so the the uncanny nature of the lightsaber is that is <laughs> it is not a radiating heat source. Um, so you know it's 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 un unnaturally That's why Luke cold. had to get inside that tauntaun. That's see, this is the thing though, because the lightsaber absolutely does heat up the tauntaun. Does it? Han Solo takes the lightsaber, cuts open the tauntaun, yeah. revealing. I, yeah. so in my mind, I always, I I always assume that, that the, steam the is just the heat. heat of the interior of the tauntaun. Hitting, that makes sense. Yeah, hitting that makes the air. sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
<laughs> is but okay. Here's a question: The blade you, of a lightsaber is actually a beam of plasma projected from the hilt. The beam is stabilized by a containment force field, which is also projected from the hilt, so there is no heat emitted from the blade. Oh. But that still leaves the question of how hot the plasma. Within well, like the if blade. you cut it's a door, pretty hot. I bet. If you, yeah, this is my my thought is like if you do the thing at the beginning of Phantom Menace and they cut through that door, that like blast door, yeah. and it like leaves behind and like like molten. In episode yeah. one, Liam Neeson used it to cut through a sort of Thank vault you. looking door. Assuming it's a steel door, the melting point of steel is above one thousand three hundred fifty degrees Celsius. So I suppose you could peg it around fourteen hundred degrees Celsius. Thank you. Let's say it was an aluminum door, even in a galaxy far, far away. Then you would need the lightsaber to Probably go higher than six hundred sixty point three degrees Celsius. Update. I just remembered from physics class the amount of heat is measured in joules or kilojoules. You'll need this formula. Thank you, Gary. Thank you, Gary, our producer bit from quit on, uh, <laughs> on Quora? 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 Yeah. Quora? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You know what would be um, the best? What's that? Is like, now that we're doing whatever with Star Wars, Yeah. what if we made Michael Mann's Thief but Star Wars. I, I'm dead. And like the ultimate heist is like, how are we going to cut through this vault door? Can we talk about. And they like, he talks to the guy in the junkyard and he's oh, like, that's we so need good. to get the Kaiba crystals and get this <laughs> and get this lightsaber get this working again. Lightsaber. The Jedi's dead. Yeah. The Jedi are they dead. Order 66, you- didn't you fucking hear? They killed all <laughs> yeah. the damn Jedi with their lightsabers are around. If we just get, we got to go to Ilum. We go to Ilum. This will cut through anything. Unless that door's got cortosis ore in it, you don't got to worry. And it's like, you know, then in Act 3, of course, it reveals they, they replaced the door. What they, it's okay. It's whatever. No, they got it with cortosis. Like, ah, oh, shit. Ah, <laughs> oh, we got cortosis. We got cortosis. God, actually, that's we're both getting that name wrong, Rob. I fu- Is it corto- it's cortosis weave? Cortosis ore. Cortosis, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, but you can you can yes you can have Isn't woven cortosis uh, or for uh, armor. Starcraft uh, commentator. God damn it! <laughs> Real quick, I just want to complain about Quora, and we're not complain. Be thankful for. So <laughs> years different. ago, for some reason, I signed up the for Yahoo a, Answers of people who think they're intellectual. Yes, well, except that that's changed, right? Like if I scroll down in my in my my I'm looking at my phone. If I scroll, if I search for Quora in my email, because I got the Weekly Digest. Apparently, uh-huh. since 2013, uh, these were things that were like, <laughs> what trivia or little known facts uh, about are interesting about Brazil or like. Uh, from a programmer's perspective, like talk to me about this complicated thing. But these days, I str- I swear to God, if I look at my most recent ones, it's shit like who would win in a fight, Goku <laughs> or Naruto. Uh, and, and I am so Goku, I'm living. Goku, is Eminem Goku. better than Little Pump? Like love it, La, <laughs> Quora, where the smart people go to to explain the, the uh, phenomena of the world. Uh, <laughs> yes, actually, now yeah. in website form. Yeah, exactly. Why is Vegeta loved so? This is, I swear to God, this is back to back weekly digests. Why is Vegeta loved so much? What if Vegeta became Super Saiyan three before Goku? <laughs> Thank you. Finally, we're bringing. Why did Why did Naruto name his son Baruto? Uh, how powerful is Kazakhstan? See, they still got the okay. the, the questions people really want to know. How power? What's the sorry? What's I meant, the power what's level? The power level of Kazakhstan. Uh, we should talk about Jedi. That was, Bo- that was Boruto, a good quarterback. No, he is not. But Naruto was a good quarterback. 
Shout outs to Chef Lubu. Everyone go watch Chef Lubu's incredible explaining anime for Southerners series. Uh, extremely good video series on, on over on Twitter. Uh, Star Wars, Jedi, Fallen Order. Um, I'm just thinking he should do he should do an explaining Star Wars for Southerners. That would be very funny too. Uh, Speaking of great quarterbacks, yeah. <laughs> who have son, who Archie sons who maybe Andrews, don't live up. Archie Andrews from Riverdale, great quarterback, <laughs> is now a Jedi. Also in <laughs> Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, I I played that game. I burned through that game. So I mentioned this in the Monday podcast that I played through that game in like three or four days. Um, uh, I and I was like all the way in, and I never stopped looking at that dude and going, "That's Archie." <laughs> That's Archie Andrews. That's Archie from Riverdale, from Riverdale and from Archie. I didn't. I didn't watch Riverdale, and I also just felt like, <laughs> motherfucker, you're not a Jedi. Does he just have an Archie-ish aspect? It's not. It's not KJ uh, Appa who's playing. No, right? I wish. Just, I wish. just an Archie-ish vibe. Yeah, like, he picks up a guitar. I'm really into Jedi shit now. Yeah, he picks up a guitar. Oh, that guitar. That guitar. What happened to smuggling? That guitar bit. I don't. I don't do smuggling anymore. I swore he was I'm a going, Jedi. I swore he was going to commit to the guitar bit, uh, which is the same thing I thought about Archie in the show Riverdale, and he didn't. It just disappears. He gets busy doing other shit, like getting caught in uh, underground fight pits, um, fighting local uh, 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 fauna, being attacked by local fauna, um, uh, being betrayed by people who uh, he trusts. I guess, does that actually happen in this game? Often the same people. I, I'm describing, I am describing both Archie Andrews and oh. Cal Kestis. <laughs> uh, the, the protagonist of Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, a game I think I really like uh, with some with a couple of me too with a, with a couple of like um, uh, like buyer beware, especially on PS4. I think this game kind of runs bad. I think it has lots of seams. It's kind of they have they have already sent us an email that's like uh, performance patch okay. incoming after Good. launch. It's a when we talked about Need for Speed Heat. And uh, posited, would this game have benefited from six months? And I was like, N- you know, not really. Um, this game would it have benefited from six months? <laughs> Absolutely, like a lot. Um, like because it had because like the difference the difference between the two is like this game has like a pretty clear identity. Yep. I think I, I like so much of what it's doing. I think it is going to make a lot of Star Wars fans like really happy. Um, uh, Given that you know, there's kind of been a drought of like this type of like single player story focused. Like, you think th- the thing you thought would have been a home run when EA got the license, and somehow we're five years <sighs> later and like just getting around to it. Yep. Um, but it is a game that uh, has a, has some technical problems, has uh, even just UI like sort of little design stuff that you th- could have been ironed out in that period where hey, we've got the whole game in front of us. What do we do uh, from there? But but all that said, I'm with you. I I, I haven't finished it. Um, you know, I'm like eight nine hours in, but I've I've really liked my time with it so far. Yeah, I I kind of blew through it. Um, not which is not to say that I didn't do a lot of exploration and other stuff. And let me set up what this game is so that you can contextualize that. Uh, third person action game. Um, in terms of combat, it's drawing on sort of third person action games or action RPGs like Dark Souls and Bloodborne and uh, Sekiro. It is. I, I do not I think in the, in the year that Sekiro came out this is it's a hard comparison to make because this has some yeah. similarities in terms of like the enemies have stamina bars and once you drop drop the stamina down you can do damage but you can also kind of sneak in a hit they every do a, now they and do then. a lot of hits where they wind up from the back and yeah. um 
uh, are constantly trying to put you off based on the speed of their attacks because you're doing parries. But yeah, it's like it's a game that couldn't exist without Dark Souls. Right. But to say it's the Dark Souls of Star Wars, I right. think is a, is is way even, way too far. Even playing on hard, like it, you're, it's just not that same experience of like. Can we talk about that bit? Like how you start the game? Yeah. Um, you, do you want to go ahead? And then Rob, you have a question well, also. Unless Rob is your question about this. Well, just. The question I have is just about framing. I was talking to uh, Matthew Galt earlier today, mm-hmm. and I was like, I'm not sure this game is for me because, like, I'm not really a Souls-like guy. Oh, you should he's play like, this You game should probably anyway. be thinking more in a Metroid direction. Yeah, we'll, let's, we'll, we'll get there once we describe the combat. The bulk of what yeah. you do in this game is com- – I guess it is it's really equal parts combat and traversal slash exploration, but, like, yeah. it's a lot of combat. So, Patrick, go ahead and set up the difficulty thing. Well, yeah, so, I mean, a lot of games have, well, for one, <laughs> if you're saying it's the Dark Souls of Star Wars, well, if, if that was true, then it wouldn't have a difficulty yeah. slider, yep. <laughs> um, which it does. Um, and I'm glad it does. It has four difficulty. It is, well, and it's not just that, um, it's the way it conveys the difference between those difficulties um, in, uh, I forget what all all three of them are, but, like, I think it's, like, damage received, damage uh, it's, like it's, damage input, damage output. It's not output. And then, it's importantly and, not output. Is like, it? No, yeah. You They always take the same amount of damage per the reviewer's guide. It's damage. It is The two things are it's damage that they that enemies do to you and it's the parry window. It changes. So the parry window is the one that I think is, is yeah. important because yeah. that's what I ended up looking at when I was trying to figure. I was like, oh, like in hard, it, like, so you'll see as you're going through the different difficulty windows, it's basically like how wide do you want that parry window to be. Yeah. And I was like, the moment that I saw that, I was like, oh, I probably want to increase this because I just went from, I'm going from Sekiro, a game in which the window is extremely tiny, yeah. um, where you, like, there is almost no window, which is the point. So I was like, oh, so this that means, like, a normal, the gap here is probably going to be pretty wide, and so I put it at hard to try and compensate that. But it was just like, an interesting way to convey, yeah. like, what is core to the combat, like the parry you can't play this game without pairing and like you'll, you, you'll be okay. Um, especially in easier difficulties. It's not a requirement. It's not like Sekiro. We're like, Hey, we're going to put up a hard wall. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. you're not going to go forward. Um, but I just, thought it was, uh, cause I'm gonna write a blog about this. Just sort of breaking out. Like, I think it's interesting that games it, convey something about themselves through difficulty, often in pejorative or like frustratingly like vague terms. But like for someone who know has played this type of game, they can look at that and then get a sense of what they're actually scaling for. It's not right. just you take more damage. It's, oh, we're going to ask more of you physically through your fingers. And if you're new to these types of games, you know what? Blow open that parry window so you can have the feel of the parry without necessarily like, you know, having to time it with right before the attack hits you. Totally. So that's half of this game. You're fighting Stormtroopers. Okay, so it takes place, people who know Star Wars, it takes place between episodes three and episode four. Uh, which is to say after the Clone Wars, before the Rebellion kind of rises up. Um, it takes place uh, – it, it, it features a handful of characters. I guess maybe, maybe just one from kind of the the universe uh, – other stuff. Saul Guerrero, Forrest Whitaker's character uh, from Rogue One and also from – uh, was he in Rebels? Was he in Clone Wars? I don't. One of the one Rebels. Of the, I think they ended up like after Rogue One, or was he? he was he before, was brought in? I he think. was an animated character to begin with, and then was brought into Rogue One. That right? is correct. I think that's the line. That is correct. I think um, he was in Clone Wars originally, uh, yeah. and then Rebels. He's a great character. He's a great character. He's like a, he's a great character who gets better the more that you st- the more he's in stuff because he he in Rogue One he's interesting, but he's like the premise is 
hey, what if there was a more radical like uh, fighter against the Empire? And maybe he's too radical. Uh, but <laughs> when you see the arc of that character from what I've read about him, and when every time I see like a comic, a real yeah. comic that he shows up in, or he's in in this game, right? Like there's a little bit more nuance to that character, and and uh, I, I think the performance here is pretty solid. Uh, so like he's there, though. There is. Is you it know, still Forrest Whitaker? I believe so. If it's not, it's like a damn good impersonator. It's a great impersonator. <laughs> I've, I've felt the spirit of Forrest with me playing those those sequences. Um, on the for- forest, on the forest level. Yes, of on the forest. Yes, yeah, totally. They showed some of that stuff at E3, too. Um, it's a yeah. Kashyyyk, which is exciting. Um, so... You know that is the game. You are you are a Jedi. You are a Jedi Padawan who is on a shitty scrap planet, undercover or like in hiding, not undercover, in hiding, uh, because all of the Jedi have been uh, um, you know uh, purged. You are uh, you know kind of pushing down your powers. You're not using any of your connection to the Force. Some shit pops off. In order to save a friend, you uh, reveal yourself as a Force user. And the Empire, ever present, uh, panoptic in their in their surveillance, uh, dispenses uh, you know a, a crew of inquisitors to try to take you down. You begin to flee, and just in time, you are rescued by a crew of uh, of uh, people with their own interests and their own histories, who are then going to kind of bring you into a larger mystery. That uh, in 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 order to um, try to you know, uh, create a future for the Jedi Order. Your hope is to create a future for the Jedi Order and and maybe rebuild what was lost. You need to go investigate some ancient aliens uh, because <laughs> it's a it's a Star Wars video game. And the thing that all Star Wars video game developers do is they go, huh, we want there to be like a galactic mystery. What if we invented a new ancient <laughs> alien species? So that, wait, the Zeppo are not. Excuse um, me? The what? The, Isn't that Zepho? They're Zepho. the Zepho, which is the worst name of any fake ancient alien species. We've heard tell of a fourth Mark's Uh-huh, yeah. Uh, dude, the, every time they say Zepho, I lose it. I like I like this game a lot, but the fact that they call their their ancient alien race the Zepho is just so funny to me. And sometimes they'll be like... The Sounds like a race of elephants. Absolutely. Ah, the Zepho. The Zepho Wait, here. so the Zepho is not Star Wars canon? No. Because like, I don't... I, okay, don't <laughs> fucking roll like. Oh, want me to pull up a, a wiki entry where they ex, they explain? No, it's fine. Uh, how hell know, works and you. explain Han Solo's line? Yeah, like, get the hell out! Like, no, 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 so I got just you. let's. Yeah, you're right. But, uh, but this is this is. Uh, I, I took. I I assumed that they were just tugging on like no, existing Star is, Wars canon is, of like, oh, an ancient force sensitive civilization. What they are tugging on is a thing that happens a lot. It did happen a lot in the expanded universe. Still happens in whatever the current contemporary like side story stuff is, which is. Hey, the Jedi aren't the only people to have used the Force in the history of the Force. That would be ridiculous. And so, another group that shows up in this in this game are the Night Sisters. Uh, that is a group that did show up in like Clone Wars, like, uh, like Dath, like Dath- of Dathomir? Dathomir is one of the planets on this game. Rob, you huh. go to Dathomir. So that's still, canon still. That's still yeah, Clone Wars. They is still canonized canon. the courtship of Princess Leia. But okay, <laughs> all right, uh, sure. So, wow, we're going. We're going Rob to some. Should, pl- Rob lear- play this I'm game. learning things uh, about people on this podcast. Uh-huh. Let me tell you. Uh-huh. Uh So. Uh, Rob is looking out the window and nodding furiously. <laughs> <laughs> Rob is like looking out, looking out across the the Massachusetts plains, as if as as if in the scene from season three of The Wire when Avon and and uh, Stringer are like, we got real shit, knowing that there's some dirt coming. Love it, love it. Um, 
So you're brought into this this mystery. You're trying to figure out what the history of the Zepho is because you think that if you solve that, yada, 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 the future of the Jedi Order. All the while, you're being pursued by a Sith Inquisitor, a crew of Sith Inquisitors, and you're kind of butting up against places where uh, the Empire is either expanding or has already taken over, where there is rebellion already or where you're kind of um, uh, you know picking through the pieces of a place that has been turned into an Imperial base or whatever. Uh, you're fighting stormtroopers. You're fighting stormtroopers with electro-like sticks with with not vibra swords, but like like electric shock sticks. A lot of them. You're, they had that. Are those? Are they just pulling the thing from? Because that was introduced in Force Awakens, right? Like I think that specific model of stormtrooper. Yeah, that's like, like melee. There's like like Ray Ray like land like in, when they when they go to the Cantina 2.0. Yeah, in, in Force Awakens. Yeah. I believe there's like a sequence where like. I think maybe it's a shock trooper or something like that. I think that was a, a new Yeah, like, and they've had they've had that in. style of like electro staff for a long time in and off. A lot of the inquisitors have similar electro staff type weapons. Um uh and you're fighting lots of you're fighting lots of creatures. You're fighting lots of like Star Wars ass. This is a weird burrowing like mole creature who wants yeah. to bite your head off. You're fighting sp- giant spiders who are, who are kind of assholes honestly. Uh, they Do you <laughs> fight those fucking rams yet? Those Rams yeah, beat the are, shit out of me, dog. You, th- you think like I got this guy? No, I have yeah. a lightsaber. Shouldn't shouldn't my lightsaber Absolutely. upon first contact Just slice right through this, uh, this creature? No, no. <laughs> no. Someone nerfed lightsabers in this universe. Like I don't know what the, I don't know what I have never seen. To use wrestling terminology, I have never seen so many people no sell a lightsaber as in this video <laughs> game. Just like a, like a regular stormtrooper, one hit they're dead. But if that stormtrooper has like a command pauldron on. That guy could take a hit. Let me tell you. It's like, zip. No, you're good still. Okay. Turns out, st- st- turns out stamina bars are extremely good at walking lightsaber attacks. Yes. <laughs> and animals, too. Most animals take more than one lightsaber yeah. hit, pretty yeah. much. Um, so on top of the combat stuff, there is the traversal stuff. That is, Rob, what you talked to Galt about in terms of it being Metroid-like. Um, there, It is a third-person platformer. Like, uh, uh, There's lots of Titanfall 2-type shit, zip lines and wall running. Lots of wall running. Um, and some Titanfall shit in the sense that every, so the, the game is broken up into planets and the part of the Metroid stuff is you can kind of, you can, there, there are doors that will open once you get certain powers. Uh, and so you do a lot of backtracking once you get powers. <laughs> you can't, you can't open this door with your lightsaber no. that can cut through things, no. but you give you a good force push, then, oh, those rocks just move right out of the those way. Rocks. So the, the other thing is like that Titanfall 2 thing of like, oh, we're in the dungeon where you have force push now. Okay, this is the level where this mechanic is going to be important. Oh, this is the level with, like, the bouncy jump pods. Okay, I get it. Uh, And some of that stuff works, and some of it really didn't. Um, I think this game, overall, like, if I just want to give you, like, the breakdown of, like, here is why I think this is good, it's part of what Patrick said already, which is Star Wars fans have wanted, have have not had this thing for a long time. Um, Rob is someone who likes Star Wars the way I have liked Star Wars. Kato is someone who's wearing a Star Wars shirt (laughs) right now. Like, there are beats in this game where you go, like, yes. Like, oh, shit. Some of that stuff is purely visual. It's just a great skybox mixed with a really fantastic, like, shot where you're like, that is some Star Wars-ass composition. Sometimes it is a plot reveal that can be – that can feel elemental, that can feel like, yeah, of course this is true. But also because of the the way that they sell it to you, because of the way the music hits, because of the framing of it, like, even though it's it's, like – a reveal you kind of expected, it still lands in a really big way. And part of it is just, 
I was I was talking to uh, Janine Hawkins, who's freelance for the site before, friends of the table member for Janine Hawkins about this game, um, and about like, so it's 2019, and we can get in our heads about we're very postmodern in a lot of ways, <laughs> and Star Wars is not. Star Wars is like deeply structuralist. Star Wars is like. Bad guys use red lightsabers. <laughs> Good guys use blue and green lightsabers. And then, you know, cyan and magenta and et cetera. If, you know, long, long story. Uh, and, uh, you know, the the expanded universe of Star Wars complicates all that stuff. And contemporary writers and, and fans, can, you know, uh, complicate all that stuff. There's always an exception. There's always an exception. But this is a game that very much believes in those, like, those elemental truths about the Star Wars universe. And even if you're rolling your eyes when you look at them on paper, there are moments that pay off that stuff and leverage the kind of simplicity of the visual language of Star Wars in ways that is fantastic. Uh, there's a sequence early on in this game, like right away in this game, that includes the sort of like force hallucination stuff, the sort of like you're caught up in your own memories, your own fears. And they return to that a few times in the game. But even from the very first one, Patrick, I'm talking about that train sequence with like the lighting mm -hmm. hitting you that certain way. Or oh, suddenly, the way, the way oh. it like, <clears throat> all of a sudden the hallway like zips back a million miles. It's so um, good. Um, it, it, they deal with that stuff very well uh, and end up telling a story that is like a very, you know, beat by beat the rise of a hero story. Like, I don't love Cal Kestis, but what I do love is as a Star Wars fan, like seeing some of this stuff rendered with the um, with the with the degree of, of like narrative quality and and the sort of like just like decent performances yeah, and like they totally. at least they at least center like the rise of like the main character and um uh one of your your shipmates that you meet like it is like like you know plenty of problems with like the jedi as an institution but like there's an incredible trauma that these people have gone through and the movie sort of like centers like the trauma of these yes. people and like what they're going through and like so it's not a this is an early uh not even a spoiler but just like a uh i forget the character's name um the woman who's on your uh ship uh oh you're like mentor uh wow have i yeah we should have this conversation on monday uh, 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 Seer or C-E-R-E. Yeah, it's a C. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so she is, you know, you, you learn really, really early. This is not some like late game story spoiler that like she is, she was a Jedi and went through a very traumatic experience that you learn more about through the course of the story and f purposely chose not to do what your, your character did was like to just uh, ignore the force and just try and be like a normal person and not raise much attention to yourself. They have suppressed it. They have, like, chosen to no longer be a Jedi because of, like, the trauma that, like, they've gone through with the people they've been after Order 66. And, like, so, again, I'm not saying it's, like, the most, like, subtle story in the world, but it at least tries to center, like, the motivations of these characters as having, like, gone through extraordinary things that, that have led to them to this moment. And I think, like, gives it a little more gravity yeah. than the kind of gravity that, like, what you want out of, like, a fairly, like, otherwise, you know, like light Star Wars story, like what you're here for. Like it is nice when it's given a bit of gravity and I, I, there are some decent performances, at least for, for Seer that like sort of uh, grounded that enough that I was like, okay, yeah, all right. Yeah, I see why you made that choice and you don't want to use the force anymore. Uh, there are some really great side characters in general. The, 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 <laughs> the captain, captain. pilot's great. The cat, yeah, the pilot, the captain of the ship who is uh, just like, 
he is from Hoboken. <laughs> he is from yeah. like North Jersey. He's got a spaceship. He's a little in debt to some syndicates because he's made some bad bets. Uh, don't worry about don't it. Don't worry about it. It's not gonna it's definitely not gonna catch up to us. Yeah. <laughs> Narrator voice. <laughs> Um, I am very here for the meeting across the river uh, Star dude, Wars character. It's so funny. You were going to love this character so much. Uh, there are a handful of other really interesting characters. But in terms of just like the the beat to beat stuff and like where it works for me and where it doesn't, I, I think the opening third of the game and the closing third of the game are really strong. The the like level design understands how to how to make traversal through the levels really fun. You're you're kind of poking at, at bits of the level in a sort of Dark Soulsian way of like, hey, are, you know, is there something cool over here? The answer tends to be like <laughs> shortcuts. Not really. Yeah, there are just straight up like sh- shortcut <laughs> no, unlocked. But, but, it, but there are short. Yeah, like you, you'll there'll be like uh, one of the, like the most common shortcuts is uh, just a conveniently hanging rope on a on an area that you can't reach. You cut that rope and it, uh, and it, drops, and it down, drops down, and then the game goes shortcut unlocked. <laughs> it's yeah. just like, like okay, which is like. <laughs> Like when we're talking about like the the way it tries to it some in some ways flattens or like for, like forwards like in, in, like in a kind of clunky way like things that like Dark Souls just sort of passively does the shortcuts thing is maybe my yeah. my favorite yeah. <laughs> one of those in general you're not finding so like in terms of like gameplay structure you're getting XP you're leveling up you're unlocking new abilities. Uh, new new attacks, um, new passive stuff like more health. Like Dark Souls, it has like a healing system where you have limited health like uh, charges in between meditation spots mm-hmm. um, or in between your visits to a meditation spot. Um, but the bulk of what you're like finding in the environment is just lore bits. Your character can like has like force echo basically can like see echoes of the past and kind of recreate them. There's another word. It's like psychometry, I think. Um, and then the 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 other thing you're finding is lots of like skins, lots of cosmetics, lots of like. What if the ship was this mostly. color? Mostly. When I say cosmetics. lots of, yeah, mostly. And I have such- a ship that you you see like very rarely, very rarely, only when you leave the ship and get on the ship. But boy, if you want it to have blue stripes, um, and I feel like there's gonna you, be you can. I feel like there's gonna be a type of player who is just deeply disappointed every time they like do a difficult puzzle because there are some like, actually challenging puzzles uh, as the game continues in some of those side areas and mm-hmm. you like finish a puzzle and you're like cool I got a new poncho okay I, this is an ugly poncho I'm never gonna wear this poncho Ugh. great uh, most of the ponchos are yeah like it's, it's not even like a level of customization for the character that you get to really own no. like their aesthetic it's you get uh ponchos and then you can like change like the detail of those ponchos, you can change like the skin of the the little robot that follows yeah. you around, and the skin of the ship. And the, the robot and you're under is very clothing. tiny, always on, always on your back. Yeah. You're never looking at them. Uh, and the ship is not something you've. There's no. Well, correct me if I'm wrong. There's no like uh, flight sequences no flight where you're like sequence. going around. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you would like appreciate. So it's like they knew. Oh, uh, this type of game has like optional areas with secrets and puzzles, and then a reward. At the end, and the vast majority of those, like I have problems on two levels. One, the I pre, I like doing the puzzles. So like I'll keep doing them because the satisfaction, yeah. there's enough satisfaction out of the, the doing. It's just that the reward is wildly disproportionate, um, and so it's like the, the aesthetic stuff not particularly satisfying. Um, but even the often the lore stuff is confusing. So like what will happen is you'll. You know, you'll find something, you know, your robot will scan something or it's a force echo or whatever. 
and you'll get a little bit, and then then and it'll like add to your, you know, your your index, and it's like, oh, hit option, you know, to to read more. I'm like, cool, like, oh, this is where they're gonna put like three pages of like a dump. It's like, no, it's just the same. It's the same line that you just saw, just put into an index that you can read there, I guess, if you want. And I found that like to be, like, I. I was hoping that dynamic was going to be, oh, you get a hint of something interesting. Now, if you want like the Wikipedia entry, you like, go in, hit options yeah. and you'll get it. Right. And there's just, there's just none of yeah. that here. Um, so it's just like, I actually wanted way more. I would have loved it. Uh, Give me Wikipedia. More, like, you know, I, I, I find like souls to be sort of like in impenetrable. Um, I appreciate that it exists. I know that, you know, folks like yourself really like the way of piecing that stuff together. But like, I at least like, have a context for Star Wars where I'd like to learn more about it, and then the game just sort of like, bleh, like there's just nothing there for you. Uh, it's one of those things where like I very much wish I I would have loved the version of this that was that style of story, the Dark Souls style of storytelling, but in Star Wars because this is not that either, right? Like Dark Souls at least has because it has loot. There's all of this huge collection of text, to, like to the degree that you can print a book of all the Dark Souls item descriptions, right? Like mm-hmm. you couldn't do that here with the little like slight one piece of dialogue you find in the echo of of a place a stormtrooper shot someone once. Do you know what but I mean? And especially when they're working within the existing like yeah. it's not like yeah, yeah, yeah. what you could start look, the beauty of Star Wars is like it could be anything, and yet the storytelling we always fall on is just like the struggle between the resistance and the Empire, which is just like really tired and boring. But like Star Wars could literally be anything you wanted, even if that like was in the backdrop. See, so, yeah, I mean there's not like a reason they couldn't have just like like you just Here's you're in a star system or whatever that has like completely separated from this but there's a jedi mystery at the at the core of it but then that allowed would would have allowed them to like you know be a little more expressive yeah. in 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 that regard and maybe found other ways to to tease that lore totally. but you know i mean by and it, large as a first as a first crack i think they yeah. they do a lot more right than wrong yeah the one thing that is like really the hardest the hard the, the one thing that makes this hard to recommend besides the performance stuff um, because I, I do hope that performance stuff is fixed. If I was playing on PC, my guess is I would have been able to brute force it because I happen to have a, like, thankfully have a decent PC. Um, the, f- the frame rate is not great. Even on, on performance the P- like on the PS4 mode, Pro, even on, it is, even on performance yeah, mode on PS4 yeah. Pro, it's bad because it's not, yeah. it's, the frame rate isn't bad in the sense that, like, it struggles to keep up in the, with the action. It's like, it's stuttery because it's loading things in is what it feels like. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? There's a lot of that, like, there's a lot well, of, because there'll be, there'll be sequence. We were, you were like you'll clearly hit like the level break, yeah. and it's like I'll like jump up on a platform my character is climbing, and then pause. Yeah, and it's like a, it's not long, but it's like a full three to five, like a long three to five seconds as it loads in the area. And I buy your theory that that explains a lot of the other performance issues because it's yeah, it's not. It's not consistent with like there'll be times where like I'm fighting eight enemies at once and the frame rate is totally rock fine, solid, hundred percent fine. fine. Like it's 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 great. But if I get into and then a I'll fight, just be like wandering yes, along yes. and then all of a sudden do 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 do. Yeah, those stutters are really really frustrating. Um, uh, but again, I think that I, I hope that those get fixed. Also, there was like the Unreal Engine like texture pop in that I haven't seen this bad since Mass yep. Effect One. Like that style of like, is there a wall here? What am I? Oh, okay, it's a grate. I can climb that grate. Okay, I see. <laughs> the stuff that is actually frustrating and the stuff that I think. It, a lot of people might struggle with is the middle act of this game has a couple of levels where you don't have all your traversal powers yet. So maybe you could run on walls and do force push, but you can't do force pull. You can't like you can zip down zip lines. You can't zip up zip lines. Mm-hmm. And the level design is 
just labyrinthine and you never quite know if you're on a path you want to go down. It does. It has like the great sin of this style of game, which is it will close a door behind you that you can't reopen, which means you never mm-hmm. know if you're including like the, the worst one, Patrick, uh, you hit last night, you told me, is there's an oh elevator. There's a sequence where you get to a place where there are these three big elevators at the bottom of a level, basically. And one of them leads you to the, the, like, the next step. The other two lead you to other directions. And two of them will not go back down after you've taken them up. And so you'll have to rework your way through the level to get back down to where you were. Um, and if you hit a checkpoint and rest, that means that the enemies respawn. So you have to fight your way back down through the level. And it's like, that's not, I don't want to do that. Yeah. I just, and there's no fast track. There's no fast like, track. They don't, right. They don't let you, for, for reasons I can't quite grasp other than you know you you mentioned maybe like there, you could I, skip yeah, story so beats I think, but like i think yeah there's a specific uh, thing that happens you so it's a game where it's like you go through the you think about each level is like a dungeon you get to the end of the dungeon you get your new power and a lot of times the tutorialization of that power is working your way back out from the basement so to speak of this dungeon it's like oh i got force push now i'm gonna work my way out i'm gonna fight people there's new enemy placements uh, I, there's opportunities for me to use the power to like force push open walls and solve a few extra puzzles. And they don't want me getting it and then be like, all right, I'll see you at the ship. Peace. I get it, but they should just turn off the fast travel to certain places. Do you know what I mean? In those moments. Yeah, just say like, ah, your connection to the force is yeah, weak right whatever. now. Like, give me, like, give give me the, Bloodborne, the generic. Bloodborne like, will just turn like, off there's, lanterns. There's our- like, just says, don't, okay, you can't travel there right now. And that's fine. It's totally fine to do that. Um, because it becomes it becomes like really frustrating when if it, it's a game it's a it's a Metroid style game in which you are so deeply encouraged to and, and actually I I like what one of the things this game does is that you enter an area you pull up your map I don't like the map at all I find it confusing yeah. and I wish it just had uh, a at the point that I'm doing maps and it's 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 surfacing parts of Dark Souls. Um, that that souls keeps like uh, quiet like just let me set waypoints that would actually like solve yeah, a lot of the problems i had was like when i was trying to get back to where i was telling you about i i, I went down two different paths and it was wrong yeah. i was like oh that's not where i was supposed to go because it's not uh the world is structured like you said a labyrinth it's really not meant for you to internalize it you're meant to kind of just get lost in it and um and uh yeah it was just really frustrating that i wasn't able to just get back to where I wanted to go because what the map does is like you'll enter an area and as soon as it you fill in the area, uh, even if you haven't encountered like a wall that you can't <laughs> interact with yet because you don't have a power, pull up that map and it just says red. It just says you cannot do this yet. And then um, when you get that power, it turns green and says you can do something with this now. Um, and so then it's cool when you get a new power, look at a map and it's like green, 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 green. Yeah. But I... The, I'm guessing what I'm going to, the rub is going to be, okay, one, as I get further in the game, is that the, I'm basically gambling on the puzzles being interesting, because I know it's at the end of whatever those secrets are, are not going to be particularly satisfying. But that means then I also have to account for the journey to get there, because even though I can see a meditation spot right in front of where that thing is. I can't go to that. I got to fly to the area and I'm going to have to spend five to 10 minutes navigating my way there. And I may not have been to that planet in six hours. So I don't really remember the optimal path there. And so. So the thing, the thing uh, that ends up happening is thank God you get enough 
traversal power. Like, so that that moment that you're in right now, you, you messaged me again about a place where you're like, hey, is this whole area a new area I could go to on this fucking planet? What is happening? Um, and like, yes. And in that moment, I felt very overwhelmed being like, well, now I want to stay here and finish all this stuff. Stay on the stay on the critical path is what I'm going to say to people playing this. Like, do the stuff. Go from mission to mission. Stay like on where the the your core quest like marker is, because eventually you're going to unlock all of these traversal powers. That when you finally return to those places in the final act, you're going to be able to go. You're going to be able to move through them much more quickly. Partially because you almost always unlock a final like secret shortcut at the end of every level that lets you get deep into it pretty quickly after you've done your first pass of the level. Uh, and then second, mm. because once you have the ability to go up a zip line, the ability to force pull down bridges, all of that stuff, a uh, lot of that hmm. bad traversal in the middle of the game that is just like so it's abrasive. You're like rubbing up against it. You're like, oh, I just I just want to get to the place quicker. That stuff just like disappears because you can move through the levels backwards. Do you know what I mean? Um, well, and it's just yeah, not there's good. also there's a little bit of weirdness for for like um so the moment you're speaking to, which is actually like a really cool moment, is like you do one of the early planets, a snowy planet, you do, you know, a two hour like like main quest line. And then you think, cool, like I've seen with I've done this planet. Like there's a couple secrets I haven't done, maybe I'll revisit it later, yada yada yada. I'm gonna move on to the next thing. And then like you come back and actually like the planet has shifted a little bit because of something you did. And it opens branching paths that are like like it's the level is two to three times the size that it was when you like you'd internalize what you thought it was, and it's a really cool moment. But it's weird because yes, you can access it, but the game doesn't really want you to. Right. And what I mean by that is so, uh, without spoiling like the, the areas I found, like there's like an ice cave area, and that ice cave area leads out to like a, a crashed ship area. Um, and you can explore those and then you hit, you, you run up against walls, which are like, you know, the arbitrary, like your robot can't, can't interact right. with this thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um, so now I've gone for, far enough. So I left, went for, now I've gone far enough the story where they're like, hey, let's go back there. And I'm like, okay. Uh, and I do that. And now there are dialogue bits as though I have not been yeah. to this area before. So the character is now commenting on an area that I have clearly been to. And the game gave me access to but just not full access. Yeah. Um, but then it's having lines where it's like, we're going down, like, why would they put these big ice slides here? And it's like, buddy, like, we went down these ice slides like 15 times <laughs> yeah, when we totally. were exploring this area before. <laughs> so it's like stuff like that where I don't think that would have been figured out in, you know, like if, if they gave a six month delay, that's more of like a sequel thing when they, you know, you sit down and figure out like, even in this what, game, how did we structure this? That, how would we do it differently? They, and they learn that, right? I think by the end of this game, the final, like the final act where you revisit some of these planets, the sections you revisit are all very cool. The final, final bit is fantastic. Like there's Patrick, I'm so excited for you to finish this game. I've been messaging with Brad Shoemaker, one of the bigger Star Wars fans I know. I'm so excited for him to hit some of the late game stuff here because as someone who loves this particular style of Star Wars game, like he is going to lose his shit at some of the stuff that that happens rob oh, wow. i want you okay, to play this that makes game me excited because of the way that they deliver the final act stuff like do your best to avoid wow. spoilers okay. on it like oh i will like every like it is it is there's there are a couple of beats that are like yo and that is extremely good and i like that's exciting that's in cool general, right. like, when's the last time we've said that about a goddamn star wars a long game. time and like there are moments there that are just they get they they frankly realize that they're not as good at making open world stuff and it's okay to make 
a, a more linear action level um, with a degree mm. of like, hey, how do you want to go about that action? How do you want to – I mean the other half of this is right. you get all your – by the time you get all your powers and they're able to like create fights around that where you're like – Whew, okay, like, you're going to keep fucking sending stuff at me, but I can now force push five people off the cliff, or I can, like, pull someone right to oh, me and just damn. catch them with the lightsaber. Once you get all that stuff going, once you, and also the, some of the, the better passive upgrades are just, like, um, there's a late, my big, here's my big suggestion. There's a late game upgrade that says every time you heal, you get your full force meter back. Get that upgrade as soon as oh, you can. are you kidding it's me? It's so good. Ooh. It's so good. You could the loop there would it's, be just ridiculous. It's so good. At a it's point. so good, uh, and that is like, and the, and you know you still have limited heals, right? But it's like you do get that feeling of like, boom, boom, da 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 da, and like that ends up feeling really fantastic. In how many did you have by the end? Seven, I want to say, which is like, which wow, is a that's, lot. Okay, so I've got you. You get a couple really early. Yes. I've had four for a while, and you start with one, one, I think two, that, one or two, two. It must be two. Maybe I think it's two, yeah. and then I found like two upgrades like fairly quickly. Like the those way, are the best um, upgrades you find. Also, obviously, right. those are also hidden on the end of side paths. So you don't know. Or am I going to get a new poncho color, or am I going to get an extra healing stim that gives, lets me heal more times between every meditation? Well, I spot. think those are usually hidden in so, uh, the game structures. Um, it does. It, it it says this in the map. So it says like there's an explore, exploration percentage. Yeah, and then there are um, crates. I forget the terminology it uses, but let's just say crates. Um, because that's what a lot of things are hidden yeah. in. And then there are secrets. Right. And secrets usually involve a puzzle that has to be solved. Crates are usually they can involve uh puzzles, but traditionally it's more just like, oh, what do you have to what do I have to jump yeah. on in the environment to get to where I'm going? And the secrets, if you can find them, are usually one of the most satisfying puzzles in the game, because they're traditionally pretty elaborate. And they also tend to be the ones that are hiding like you know, collect three of these and your health goes up. Collect two of these and your force goes up. And then also the, the stim upgrades, which are your health grades. So seven's actually pretty low because if I hit four, then that's like yeah, 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 yeah. A, you know, pretty significant. I, and I may have missed a couple the of them, uh, but there. you're you're oh, pretty probably. far in the game at this point. Like it is not a – I blew through it. I want to say I probably put 20 hours in, something like that, maybe 15, 20, somewhere in there. Um, uh, but yeah, that final act is fantastic. Like they understand it's from, it's from the point I think you, you return to one of the planets and you do another, a whole new thing there. Uh, it's kind of like your second round across three planets and then a final zone, all really, really strong. They get better about, about signaling when you should like divert from the path where there is a real puzzle versus just like a nothing little side thing. Um, and, and that stuff is all just better. Like. In general, I think that they find their footing, and, and it might be like different level designers. That might be those levels are much more tight than the big sprawling middle ones. Um, but for real, like I, I, I'm so 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 excited for Star Wars fans to get to some of the end end game beats. And I don't want to oversell them. Like I, I want to be 100 percent clear. This is not like, and now my understanding of Star Wars is different. So much as like. Well, the bar is pretty low. I know. Also, yeah. like you know what I mean. Like, like I don't. I don't think we're holding this. Like praising the parts of the game we're praising are because the bar for this type of storytelling is both uh, low and also just it's been a long time yeah, yeah, since yeah. someone's took a like a real swing at one of these. Like I don't consider like the campaign at Battlefront two to be like a dedicated. You know, that, you know take the take the take the tab, table scraps, but it's it's not what people were, were were looking for when they thought someone like EA was signing on to to make these games. Um, yeah. But uh, that's still encouraging. Yep. That's still encouraging. We should talk about the combat a little bit, at least, because it is uh um it is soul soulsy in the sense that I think you mentioned up front, um, you know, th- there is an emphasis on pairing, but it is not a requirement, uh-huh. right? So it's more in the 
the the realm of Dark Souls where it's like, yeah, like if you learn to do parrying, your life's going to be easier, but you can also manage your stamina, manage your force powers and just kind of spam and block your way through. Um, but there are going to be sequences where you're like advantage, right? So like there's a uh, – the robot from uh, Rogue One um, uh, is like one of the main sort of like kind of like sentinel type characters where it's like, ah, it's right. not an easy stormtrooper, <clears throat> but it's uh, but it's not like a huge boss uh, fight. And it's kind of in between. Um, and that like uh, – that one is like uniquely weak to parrying. And so he hits you with kind of like these big like – big strong swings. And if you just parry one of those, he just kind of gets like on the fritz for, you know, two to three seconds where you can get in some good hits. And so you don't need to do that. Like you don't have to. Um, I think it's satisfying enough. Like, and it is like cool to like be in a star Wars game and like, instead of blocked, like to parry something. But if like your worry, if part of your worry is like, I don't like souls games. Everyone keeps calling this like a dark souls influence game. Like, like you're good. you're good, like you're it's fine. An like I don't game. think that it is an action. It's an action game. game. It's not particularly. It's it's not easy, but also it's not hard. And I think you can scale it appropriately with the difficulty levels. Um, but it's just it's not. You you also don't die at the pace that you do in a Souls game. Yeah. Um. I, it's probably you die faster than you would in like another. Like if you were the to remove Force some of those elements, or something. You know what I mean? A past. Yeah. Game. Yeah. But it's not. But it's but yeah. it's but it's it's way closer to the Force Unleashed than it is to to Dark Souls in in that regard. Like, you're not going to turn a corner and get, like, one-shotted by, like, a, a big skeleton with a sword. But that would be <laughs> or, sick, Or something though. like that. Add more well, There are a couple of moments like that, right? Sword. I told you about the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's an enemy there's, type. There is a... Uh, <laughs> there's an enemy type that is, like, damn, like, I got goosebumps. Because we've talked about, like, oh, man, what if From made a, a Star Wars game? And, you know, this game gets you guys as close as you're going to get uh, in, in the moment. And it's this big, like, sort of a golem-type character. It's a big stone guardian that is in, like, one of these Jedi temples. Um, and he, you know, you walk in the room, and he's just staring at you from the other side. And you're like, oh, man. I know when I get close, thing. like, my boy is coming online, and he's going to start swinging. <laughs> yeah. and, he, and, he, and you get close, and, like, his core comes up. Um, and, you know, his, he- his head comes up, and he's just boom. Boom, and his swings are just so slow. But you know, if you if he knocked you, that it, it just knocks the shit out of you. And takes yeah. like three fourths of your health. And it was just like to do that with a lightsaber was just co- it was just cool as hell. I was like this, yes, like this specific moment was like this is what I wanted out of like their particular pitch for this game. And it does just enough of that that uh, you know I would definitely recommend yeah. people people play it. Kata, you did you? fight one of those things during the demo oh, yeah. run. Yeah, yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. Got fucked up. Yep, uh, they, they will fuck well, you up. Well, I also kept trying to parry things that yeah. I, were not parryable, uh, but it's... Um, it was exciting once I actually got the hang of it. Like, the, the dodge uh, actually uh, is... Uh, feels better than... Uh, I don't know, like, it has, like, a good a good amount of uh, iframes I, I in, yeah. in the demo where, like, I... Should have I should have gotten hit, but like I got lucky, you know things the like that. The force is with you. Yeah, you know exactly, what I mean? exactly. Force... It felt like it felt like like skid like 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 a graze rather than like that's wonky, right? right? But it was, but it still like it still felt cool. Um, yeah, and yeah, the, even though those big ones like they they have like a lot of wind up, it uh it, it would still catch me sometimes. So. Sometimes there's too much wind up on something, and I parry too early. Yeah, that's the thing. That's the Throws thing. Throws me off. Throws me off. <laughs> 
Um, well, yeah, like those shock troopers yep. will have. Yep. Oh my god! They, they, I think, I think I know specifically the 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 swing you're talking about is where they they bring it behind their back, mm-hmm. and it it and usually like the overhead attacks are like bring it back, pause a moment, whoo, bring it forward, and like you understand like the the momentum that you're dealing with. This one like they're. And this is like the delight of games like this that play with your expectations. When they do enemy design, um, that like is is that tug and uh, pull with the with the player It's like yeah, it hesitates for just a bit more. So you tap it, and then whoom, he comes over and just bashes <laughs> you yeah, in the head. Oh, also, um, God, one of my this game uh, is not particularly funny in its main storyline, but it does have its moments of humor that have had me fucking cackling. Where as you enter oh, a room, yeah. uh-huh. like the idle chatter. From like the different characters, the like stormtroopers uh, are just yeah. The stormtroopers, <laughs> the stormtroopers are fucking hilarious because like you go in the room, and there's like sick, and they're like, um, all right, we got it, we got it, guys. Like we're gonna, we're gonna, like they'll say these like we're gonna be the one. This is you know, this is our time. So and then you'll start, you'll start, you'll start taking them out, and then like the the arc of their confidence. Oh. It's just undercut where you'll get down to one and he's like, oh boy, all right, come on, buddy, you got this. It's just me me now, me and you, okay. (laughs) It's just so precious where you just want to stop and go, buddy, like... Just drop you know, your Force Awakens is later in this timeline, but you can take this. You can take this off and like just right. go. Yeah. Like I won't <laughs> say nothing. I won't say shit. I mean, you also just get the good stuff of like you wandering through a place where there's a bunch of stormtroopers who have set up shop and are debating like which one of them has to go fight the giant fire beetle or whatever. Right. Like no, I'm not. You know what? I'm not going to do it. I think you should do it this time. I fought the last three. I'm sick of it. And like that style of like idle chatter between them is a lot of that stuff is very. Should we call this in? Uh, you know, I, you know. According to protocol, I actually don't think we should. Yeah, better. Yep, better follow protocol. Better not call better it not in. And like, there's, they're good. It's, it's. Uh, they do a thing that like, the Force Awakens did this like a little bit. Like, there's a sequence where with Kylo Ren and a uh, Ray, where Ray escapes and then. Um, he flips out in the, the the chamber that he was keeping her, and then like two stormtroopers come around, see him like having a tantrum, <laughs> and just like, look at each other and go away. It's like one of my favorite like bits in 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 all of Star Wars, and this movie or this game doesn't have a lot of that in like the the through line, but like has a lot of that. Has a lot of fun with the stormtroopers and like the, the uniqueness of their scenario where they are just like cannon fodder for these fucking Jedi, and it's uh, it's it's good. It's it's really really funny. It is really good. I also love that 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 also kind of will sometimes carry through. At least uh, at least I noticed like one uh, bit where like after things popped off, like that one that really confident one was still really confident. Like would actually really? bar- yeah, like yeah. have a couple barks every once in a while of like trying to like. Yeah, you 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 still got it. Oh, we're still, the two, yeah, we're yeah. still doing it. We're, we're still, still in doing this it. One. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. So good. I'll, hey, buddy, I'll see you after the next meditation. <laughs> yeah, that's not a line. No. But I, I also was like, God. that's one of the. I love the. I get the game doesn't even. There's I, nothing. Does not even no. attempt to explain <laughs> for a game for a, a, a universe in which fucking they call bathrooms refreshers. You can look up. Why Han Solo says hell and some fans backfill, like, how that could work. Uh, there is not any attempt made to explain why when you meditate, all the enemies come back. Nothing. Not a single. And sure, I guess maybe they realize, like, you know what, like, there's really not a good explanation for that. Let's just let the player accept it at face value, which is fine. But I, for a game that was otherwise kind of, like, 
I could have used a humorous line that's just sort of like poked fun at the 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 meta-ness of or poked fun of it in a meta way because yeah, it is a little say, goofy. Just but say, it's it's have him talk to say, to Seer and be like it was like it was as if I'd re- I'd gone through the same experience twice and she'd be like oh you have yeah. weird force thing where like you can see the future and it feels like you're you're going through it but actually only the last time you go through it is the real time you know what I mean just right. say some shit that's good. yeah there Done. you go hey take that you know what respawn <laughs> yeah, respawn please. that's yours it's a gift <laughs> that's called world building. Building. Um, yeah, great. I, I'm happy with it. I, a new memoir by yeah. Austin. <laughs> uh, I feel like I feel like this is such a good like like foundation. I want to see another one of these games. Whether like I don't see Respawn yeah. do another Star Wars game. I would lo- I would honestly love to see Respawn take a shot at a Star Wars game that was not about Jedi. But the fact that it's called Jedi: Colon Fallen Order means that the next one is going to be Jedi Two, <laughs> whatever. Uh, and I I like Jedi stories. I think the Jedi are, are interesting. I think you know whatever you think about the Jedi Order, they're an integral part of Star Wars, and there's lots of stories to be told there. But I also really like sto- stories about the scoundrels of this universe, about you know the bounty hunters, about all the other things in the world. And there's some of that stuff here. There's enough of that stuff here that's like flavor. But there's not like you're playing the Jedi. You're playing the you know the the Jedi refuses the call. You know you're doing the hero's journey shit. And some of my favorite Star Wars stuff is is the stuff that moves away from that. And so I would love for us to get back to an era where you have more of that stuff. And I know I'm saying this, by the time you listen to this, two episodes of The Mandalorian are out. So, like, we're stepping towards that. Right. I have not seen either of those yet. Um, I'm waiting for the second one to drop before I, I watch. I want to see both of them because I heard the first one's, like, interesting but dry. Um, but I want to move back into that That's world. That's accurate. So, so, you know, good, you know, hats off to Respawn. Um Try to push through that middle, the middle chapters of that game as they get a little frustrating because I promise the payoff is isn't really really good. So, but yeah, as someone that went off the the critical path, I I would echo your like your desire because the game is structured in a sense that like, hey man, go go look around. It's like, mm, I mean, look around in the areas that the game is saying look around. Yeah, but when you when you get a hint of like, oh, there's another area to explore, like the. I, There's nothing the optional. message I sent to you was like I, the message I, that's what I said was like oh like I found something where like the reveal of like what you found like in, it was like it's an incredible visual and I was like dude I just found this shit by poking around like is this game also have like the boldness to do what from software does and like have completely optional skippable areas that like hold really cool stuff, and your response was absolutely no. You'll come back to this. So just, yeah. just, so just know that you will, you won't miss anything. You'll come back to yes. it as it sounds like more properly equipped to. Uh, there, there are still structural frustrations in it, but that a lot of that sounds yeah. like will be uh, softened by having just a more uh, ability, yeah, more robust, uh, spec out tools. character. Yeah, definitely. Also, no classes. You don't no. have to worry about like no, skills no. that you're picking. No items. You just, no loot. Just no loot. fill it no in. Loot, fill no it items, in. Fill no it in. Consumables. No. Right. I mean, consumable health, and that is it. Right. Um. Uh. Got your Estus flask. You get your Estus flask. You have your force meter, which you recover right. by doing damage to enemies. Um. Yeah. It's 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 an action game. Like it is a third person action game with some adventure elements. Um. The the Metroidy stuff is okay, but because it's not like essential. It never feels as good to me as I wanted it to, but I still think it's generally like by the end of that game, I, I really, really walked, stepped away from it feeling good. Uh, so, you know, I'm excited. I just for- wish the Metroid stuff wasn't 
so obvious, right? Where it's like yeah. it's it's a uh, like give me just some weird um, you know equipment to use in the, you know what I mean, as opposed to just like ah rocks push, push with yeah. you know what I yeah. mean. Like it's just it it takes the low hanging fruit, which I guess in a sequel you know you'd be you know less likely to do, or maybe done in a smarter way or more uh, 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 creative way. But yeah, some of that stuff was the like I appreciate the obviousness obviousness in the map because it was just nice to know where I should go and what to do like for efficiency's mm-hmm. sake but yeah it was just sort of a little goofy and I would have I would have appreciated a little more like creative ingenuity and in, like how they decided to to hide yeah, that stuff definitely. But, yeah all right let's take a break and then uh, talk about something that isn't Star Wars we will be right back When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. All right. Uh, Rob, you just put up a, a review yesterday of a tactics game uh, that I didn't, that I have always heard of the series as being positive or like I've always heard good things about it, but I've never checked in on it because I feel like I had the wrong impression until I read you're, well, until I talked to you about the first game, and now looking at the second one, I feel very similarly, which is like, I should make time for this. And I'm talking about uh, Unity of Command, Unity of Command 2, which which uh, just came out, what, this month? A couple like uh, This week. This week, okay. Uh, tell me about Unity of Command 2, a game that sells, that visually looks like a capital S strategy game, but which you compared to me uh, by, or which you described to me by comparing it to Into the Breach. A much much smaller scale tactics game. Yeah, I think um, it's funny you saying that because Unity of Command and Unity of Command Two, I think, are both trying to look friendly and approachable in a way that it's interesting in in yeah. war game circles. You're right. You're right. Like the mark of seriousness is like where are my NATO counters at? Yeah. Does this thing does this thing look like an Avalon Hill board game, <laughs> like digitized? Uh, and so Unity of Command is going for a very welcoming uh, look, but I think to people outside war games, it still really communicates like, yo, this is war gaming. Yes. Uh, but. Unity of Command 2 is really interesting in a couple ways. Uh, Sort of my review centers on this. Unity of Command 1 was so stripped down. It was one of those games that continually surprises you because you're never certain how they crammed so much possibility and how many surprises into a game where everything is right there on the surface, right? There's nothing hidden. Uh, There are, like... In terms of actions you can take, uh, units can move or they can launch attacks. Uh, Usually attacks will consume all their movements, so you have to be careful about doing that. Um, But that was a game where despite a complete lack of concealed information, uh, 
you were still constantly being caught flat-footed by the way the AI would sort of find avenues to cut off your advance. Uh, you sort of surprise yourself by realizing that what looked like a really impenetrable position uh, without doing a lot of fighting actually had a hidden weakness that mm. if you created the right set of series of actions, you would basically unlock the position and devastate it without fighting. Um, you, Into the Breach is a point of comparison, I think. Uh, and at this point, I'm just throwing down Austin Bait because uh, I want to play <laughs> the series. Uh, chess Problems is oh, another analogy okay. sure. uh, to, yeah, yeah, to yeah. this. Um, I mean, the thing you just described, the like, hey, this looks impenetrable, but here is there is some weakness here that you need to locate. That is very much a chess problem, like right you, where it's you like, know. oh, you like it looks like you're moving laterally laterally to the problem, but you are going to compel a series of moves where now you know exactly what can happen, and it will solve the entire problem. Unity of Command One was entirely about the Eastern Front, and it had two expansions. Uh, one focused on the initial invasion of the Soviet Union uh, by Germany, and the other uh, was called the Red Turn, which was about Soviet counterattacks in the winter of 1943, I want to say. The reason I'm bringing that up is because all the German-focused stuff was all about like blitzkrieg tactics and encirclement, and the Red Turn expansion put a lot of people off because it was very much about... uh, the Soviet style of fighting where you're dealing with a really competent uh, German army that can do a lot of really nasty counterattacks. And there's not really a lot of elegant solutions available to you. You kind of have to use brute force, but you have to use brute force cleverly, right? You like you're going to have to consume your strength to win, but there are smart ways to do that and, and dumb ways to do that. And that felt so counter to everything else that Unity of Command taught you in its initial game and in the uh, Barbarossa expansion mm-hmm. that it was really frustrating. Unity of Command 2 moves the action to the Western theater. So allied invasion of North Africa, Sicily, Italy, uh, liberation of Western Europe, D-Day stuff. And the big difference is those campaigns – pretty much always have the Germans on the defensive and always have the allied side at a pretty decent, like material advantage, but also you are attacking into really tough terrain. So like in the Eastern front scenarios in unity of command one terrain isn't really an obstacle, like flat, like flat steps are kind of transparent to tanks, right? Unless it's been raining and they've turned to mud. Uh, basically, Terrain doesn't exist except insofar as there's like river crossings and a very few hills. That's not true of Italy, right? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. once once you get a bunch of Germans dug in on a mountainside, you're fucked. And I was never sure how they would figure out how to make like unity of command adapt itself to that. But they they really didn't. I think their approach was to make a game that was almost analogous to – like fighting games in in some ways, it is all about like combinations of moves. It is all about using one unit to set up another to take an action. And so rather than it being about you trying to find the secret passage through the map, uh, it is very much about you trying to figure out the correct way to set up your forces to crack a position 
without taking absolutely murderous losses. And so that becomes a lot of, you have to think like both a few moves ahead within a turn, but also you have to think a couple turns ahead because you have to be thinking about how am I going to position my troops for the next turn? Like they need, because there's a lot of actions that you can only take before you move. So how do I get them into place? Basically thinking ahead. Right. Cause like a big part of this is these are battles that almost unfold like set pieces, right? Mm -hmm. You have to, you know, the artillery has to go first. There has to be a faint attack here and then the real attack can go, but all those pieces need to work in harmony. Right. And that requires pre-positioning your forces. So, Unity Command 2 has a lot more buttons to push, is the only way I can describe it. Like, you have to do a lot more thinking about, okay, I'm going to use a feint attack here. I'm going to use an artillery bombardment from these guys. And then hopefully I'll get an overrun attack uh, with with an armored unit. But all of that is pretty self-explanatory. And the thing that I didn't anticipate was that it in some ways takes actions that would just sort of happen in Unity of Command 1. And now there's a button you can push to be like, I want to do this. I want to constrain this action in this way to achieve these results. And in some ways, I think that makes it more intelligible Mm -hmm. because you don't have dice rolls basically blowing up in your face where you may have made the right move, you just got unlucky and you got completely demolished. Um, That happens less in Unity of Command 2. And so you quickly realize it's much more about thinking about procedure. Like, what is the correct turn order? What is the exact series of steps I need to do to solve this scenario? And the scenarios are really good. Like, you'll feel good about, like, the solutions you come up with on the first playthrough. What are those scenarios? Like, how how am I... Am I stepping through a bunch of pre-generated scenarios? Is there some sort of meta structure to the campaign? What is like generating those scenarios, if that makes sense? Yeah, they're all historically based. Um, the they're they're sort of following along from uh, the closing stages of the North African campaign all the way through uh, the invasion of Germany from uh, from from the West. Okay, and. What those scenarios look like, for instance, is you will have a series of scenarios set in Italy covering the Allied drive up the Italian peninsula. And so some of the scenarios will overlap. They will reuse portions of the map. Uh, But like in one scenario, Rome is this distant target in the far north of the map. And you probably aren't going to get there. But the next scenario, now it's entirely about taking Rome, except Rome is also flanked by a really deadly mountain range And so you can't really flank it until you drive the Germans out of this mountain range. So how do you do that? Uh, And that's kind of what you're doing for a lot of this game is following these steps. You're looking at these historical battles and dealing with some of the limitations uh, that crop up in some of the historical accounts. But like the scenarios are preset. They're not they're not randomly generated, which is where the end of the breach comparison does falter. Uh, these are these are set problems uh, for, for you to work through. Right. Uh, but they're very good problems. Cool. Um, I need to I, I, it's one of those things where it's like I need to sit down and spend a few hours getting over the hurdle of like, hey, this is a UI I have not used before uh, yeah. so that I can see it, if that makes sense. 
Like, I mean, I, I think that this is true for most tactics games, but I, but I feel like in the post XCOM world, there's been a real push towards like a certain sort of similarity across tactics games that have a broad audience base in mind. We're like, okay, here, here are some like key visual ideas uh, uh, that that you'll be able to pick up pretty quickly if you know the if you know what a tactics game looks like. And what I will say is like you're I think you're totally right that Unity of Command Two is certainly visually more more uh, uh, is hitting broader than a traditional war game. <laughs> like you're right, it is it is not little black counters on a board and you know and just hexes. It is images of the units, which is definitely something that's like more like, oh hey, here's I can visualize this space. Uh but I also look at yeah. some of these cards and I you know I see them um and I go like Oh, like this. These types of cards are in uh, are are from a history of wargaming with these like color blocks plus like you know uh, uh, text about how these abilities work, stuff like that. And it's not that it's off putting for me. It's just like, all right, I need to I need to spend the time to like just get in there, start playing around, and and get into the point where yeah. I can do what you just did, which is like tell a story about what these mechanics are doing. Um, but that just takes. Time. I think. There's some things that in terms of the ways the game phrases some ideas, like the fact that you have a hand of cards that are special abilities, they don't really make any sense as cards, right? They're like okay. one off, like special, like special use powers, but like they don't feel like it, they don't feel like cards in a weird way, right? It, it, it feels like resources you have on tap, but you don't interact with them regularly enough. This isn't a hand you're consulting very often. Mm-hmm. It's just a thing that you get to buy at regular, like b- between campaign chapters. Got you. And so, like, there's parts of that. Some of the buttons on the UI are trying to communicate something about the action you're taking, but like, they just don't like the the little the little art on the button doesn't really tell you anything. Like uh, for instance, for faint attacks, it's a little thumbtack, okay. and you realize what it's trying to say is you're pinning troops down, right? Like uh, with the faint attack, okay, what sure. you're doing is you're pinning someone to the board. Yeah, basically. but that's like a very like idiosyncratic way of saying that. It's clever. I yeah, get the I get the pun or like the I get it. But it's not – that doesn't say it to me out the gate, you know? Yeah. Yeah, so until basically you've internalized what tooltips are going to pop up when you mouse over something, it doesn't make that kind of sense. But the flip side of that is you brought up XCOM. Yeah. This game is so much more intelligible than XCOM, though. That's the weird thing. Is like XCOM, you can play it a fair bit, and it still feels like bits of it are opaque. Like you are still like, what the fuck just happened? Why did that happen? Why did that action not work? I thought that action was going to work. It did, the guy didn't do the thing that the button said he would do. That never happens in Unity of Command. Um, and part of that is because Unity of Command, wherever possible, eliminates probability as a major factor. Right. Okay. And that makes sense. So, it's like, hey, yeah, it's so deterministic. The weird thing is like, yeah, it, it's like this game in a lot of ways is easier to wrap your head around than XCOM, uh, which which I think is funny. Huh. Um yeah, like ultimately, this is, and this is why I sort of recommend it to people who are tactics curious and into tactics games, but not necessarily war games. This is considerably more straightforward than a lot of tactics games that have been inspired by XCOM have turned out being. Okay. 
that's interesting. I, I, yeah, it is, it is, it's one of those things that is just about theming and like, I've always been critical of my own, like, I have to be in a certain mode to be like, all right, I'm going to play a World War II tactics game or I'm going to play a World War II strategy game, which is also true about all theming that is not my favorite theming. And that has always been an interesting and weird dilemma for me as a critic of like, all right, I actually think about this. I, I think about this with something like um, uh, racing games a lot where it's like, I don't have a lot of fondness. I like racing games, but I don't have a lot of fondness for cars in my day-to-day mm-hmm. life, which means that like when I get assigned to review like Project Cars, it's like, all right, I need to get over the hurdle of me not having a natural affinity for this thing and begin to engage with it at that second level. And it can be very easy to be lazy about games and be like, I'm only going to play things that I naturally click with because that I naturally click with at this like very surface level because I know that everything you described is a game that I will click with if I give it the time. But it's one of those soft priority things where like, okay, yeah, I'll add it to the list. But it's going to be in the list with a bunch of other things that are just so much easier for me to dip a toe into. Oh, mm-hmm. I, oh I really want to go back and put more time into into Disco Elysium. Like, oh, I, I just reinstalled Pathologic 2. And, like, the aesthetic to that, like, really, really speaks to me. I want to put some time into that. And so those – it can be really hard for me to get over that hump and into the space where, like, I'm excited. I mean, we had this discussion this year with another, with another uh, strategy game. Um, that I think has bad theming, which I've now forgotten the name of it. It just has an expansion coming out soon, too. Uh, uh, why am I blanking on this, Rob? Sci-fi. Planetfall? Planetfall. Yeah, yeah, Planetfall. Uh, Age of Wonders Planetfall, which you described as a really, really great game. And a game I think I will like, and even though it's sci-fi, which is g- generally a sort of theming I like a lot, it the, the like world design and character design spoke to me so badly that I was like, I'm not going to prioritize this as a player and that is a shame, and it's like always a thing I'm working on with myself. I'm like trying to like tighten those screws and like force myself to step outside of outside of my own interest, if that makes sense. Well, I think it's interesting you mention that because I do think that ends up being a hurdle for Unity of Command. There are mm. things about these scenarios that suggest themselves to me because I don't know the Italian campaign that well, but I know okay. enough to know that, for instance, when the Anzio scenario comes up, I'm aware that that is a tough problem. Mm. Like... Uh, Anzio basically is like the allies are trying to advance up the Italian peninsula. They hit a block, uh, as the Germans basically hold the straddle of the peninsula. And then they get the idea, well, what if we just sail around the German lines (laughs) and land a tiny force behind them and roll them all up? And the entire thing gets fucked, uh, because they don't send enough guys. Uh, they're too tentative once they land. Mm -hmm. And so the Anzio beachhead, instead of cutting anyone off, ends up cut off and just becomes, it's so densely packed that it just turns into uh, a charnel house as allied troops are trapped on this beach uh, and Germans just bombard the shit out of them. I know that history going in. So that when that scenario pops, I understand like here is the trap in the scenario. Here is the disaster I need to avoid where this game does let itself down a little bit is it doesn't help you see that. Like, Mechanically, it'll become obvious that this is the dilemma you're in. But there's nothing in the mission briefings, there's nothing to, like, in terms of flavor to explain to you what the problem you're facing is. And it's very easy to imagine a game of this, like, where if it's, if it's just reskinned, right? It's like, oh, it's a fantasy war. 
it's very easy to imagine one where like instead of Germans, you're dealing with dwarves just like retreating deeper into their mountain holdfasts. Sure. And you have to kill these fucking dwarves. It's very easy to imagine each of these scenarios being prefaced by like, here are the dynamics at play. Here are the problems you need to solve. Unity of command, right. as elegant as the system is, never pauses and says, oh, uh, you know what the story is, right? You, you, you're up to speed. You know it, about the Italian campaign. Assume, right, right. Yeah, it assumes you know that. And so as welcoming as it is, it doesn't do any of the shit that like a lot of fantasy games or sci-fi games have to do, which is via theme, via narrative, unpack for you the problem you're facing. Right. It's like spotlights. Those games will spotlight what is interesting about a scenario. You know what yeah. I mean? So, yeah, yeah. That's interesting. Well, I'm going to I'm going to add to the list of things you recommended to me this year, and I'm going to start working through that list as we get towards game of the year. So hopefully I'll be able to check in with you on it privately at least and be like, yo, I had this cool experience. But, but we'll see. Um, anything else? Anyone else want to touch uh, anything? Uh, there's a game that I played that I need to look up. So because it's a briefly Apple Arcade and I hit the thing with Apple Arcade with Apple with iOS apps where it's like I know what the icon looks like and says, but I don't remember what the actual name. game name is, <laughs> which uh, is there not like a why is there not just a list somewhere? Um, there's. Guildlings is that the one? You're it's playing? not. I mean, I did play a little Guildlings. You want to talk about Guildlings while I look up this other one? Did you play? You played uh, some of that too, right? Yeah, I, I, I played like uh, forty minutes of it. It's a, a new RPG um, from the one of the co-creators of Threes, uh, Asher Volmer, I believe is uh, their name, um, and uh, it's set in like a cute uh, world where there's. Um, you know, it's it's a magical fantasy land, but like, uh, like, it, ironic and twee is the wrong way to. It's just uh, it pokes fun at like the inherent goofiness yeah. of the concept in in a way that is delightful. But what's like more interesting about it is the um, the combat mechanics, um, in which you're not trying to attack enemies, you're just trying to survive the fight. Like, there's already like when you when the fight opens. There's a predetermined amount of turns, like let's say three, and that like sort of determines the strength of the enemy. And everything, I mean, the game in general is like philosophically like very concerned with like sort of like mental health and uh, uh, how people feel. And so that actually plays directly into the combat. So enemies can like make you sad or angry, and you can cast spells that like deflect that or like take anger and like turn it into happiness and so you are trying to balance between those things and like there are certain enemies where like you're actually trying to set up the turns so that you leave the fight happy like there's happy and there's like ecstatic and if you're ecstatic then you have certain access to certain powers and that can like open up you know a bridge or whatever that you couldn't get to otherwise uh it it just seems it seems neat i've heard it's very short like three hours it's like the first chapter of like a larger okay yeah, I, yeah, I put a little bit of time into it. A, a and I was like, story that they're. Do you know if it's coming to any other platform, or is it going to be phones only? Doubtful. Okay. I, I, I think it's phones uh, uh, only. Um, I think like the impression I've gotten is a lot of games that were coming to Apple Arcade at launch had like a you know a multi-platform bent because mm-hmm. there was a bit of like, hey, let's sign some games and, and buff up the launch, but. Um, I think th- those will be the exception rather than the norm going forward. I mean, you know, easily could be the case where it's like, you know, a year later they show up somewhere else. But um, I think that the general 
idea is going to be that games show up on Apple Arcade and stick on Apple Arcade. Yeah. So if you have it, and I, I blew past that free month and was like, whoops, all right, I guess I'm here for I'm another here month. For another month, yeah. I, beat, yeah. I beat Grindstone, which oh, is basically congrats. I paid I paid five dollars. Oh, it's so good. I really, really enjoyed uh, Grindstone uh, a lot. Um, and so I basically paid five months for an extra month of Apple Arcade to play, <laughs> play <laughs> Grindstone, which was worth it. That was it was worth it was worth the five dollars um, far and away. But uh Guildlings is enough to keep me around for for another month at least. Cool. Uh, I want to recommend a game on Apple Arcade called Takeshi and Hiroshi. Uh, um, hmm. It is one has like such a cool style. Uh, it's kind of like a claymation vibe, uh, and the pitch of the game is really adorable. Um, you are a fourteen year old who is like an amateur hobbyist game maker, uh, and you have a seven year old brother, um, and. You think you're hot shit because you're a 14 year old, uh, and the game begins with this like great little claymation esque. I actually don't know if it is claymation or if it's if it's CG that's like meant to look like claymation, uh, where you're like your your little brother's like, oh, you're making a cool game, right? And you're like, yeah, yeah, uh huh. And so you basically show him an unfinished game. You show him like you know, basically a game with like some assets, but no actual like monsters or or levels in it or anything. Uh, and he's like, oh, I really want to play this. I really want to play this game you're making. And I'd be really sad if I couldn't. And you're like, oh, fuck, I can't send him to bed sad. All right. Uh, it was like the whole thing is like you, your character, you lost uh, your your father. And so you've been kind of like the the kind of stepdad of this, of your little brother. You're like taking on that role. So you're really like, I really want him to go to bed happy. And so you set it up so that you were playing all of the monsters and like level of this JRPG that your little brother is playing. And it's just like the character, you go to the gameplay, the gameplay is like the hero character is running left to right. Um, and what you're basically choosing is what the monsters your little brother has to fight are. Um, and there are kind of a couple of things happening here. One, you need to make these fights easy enough at first so that the character can win and level up and then fight the harder enemies. But also you need the, the, your little brother to stop the game feeling happy about it, which means the fights have to be interesting. And the way the fights get ranked as interesting is if you take damage, if the enemy, if the, the enemies do damage to your little brother in the fights. And so you need them to be difficult enough that he gets stressed, but then wins the fight and then moves on. That's very But good. also balances that he levels up because his health gets recharged when he levels up. And you need to do a number of these rounds successfully every, like, mission of the game. Uh, it's really, really cute. And that core conceit of just, like... I mean, it's so cute. There's a moment where he's just like, yeah, I'm just going to be over here... Um I'll just I'll just be doing homework while you're playing the game. Like he lies to his little brother to not let him know that he's actually building the game with him as he plays. It's very 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 cute, uh, and it just has like a the the like cutscenes have such a stunning look, um, and it, it was just like a really good phone game to be playing on the commute. You know, also I can play it on my commute because it's not connected to the internet. You know, <laughs> uh, so so yeah, so I, I recommend t- uh, Takeshi and Hiroshi on Apple Arcade. Um, any other games before we talk about some new stuff that's that has been bubbling? We should get into it because there's kind of a kind of a lot uh, in terms of stuff to hit. Um, we can't talk about Stadia yet, right, Patrick? That's Monday. No, we visit that on on Monday. Okay. Mm-hmm. Can I say real quick that the Stadia AMA was one of the funniest things I've seen in recent <laughs> PR history? You know, I uh, it pained me to to read that because it. 
it felt like that was just a bunch of people who have probably been working. You're right. Ridiculous. You're right. Hours. That was mean of me. No, 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 no. I know. I, I, I think like in a, in a broader perspective, it is worth dunking on, like on, on like reading these statements. So like basically it's rough. there is, there is a, thre- there is a thread. If you go back on my, uh, uh, my Twitter, I uh, tweeted it out in which someone, there was a, an AMA leading up to the launch of Stadia, which launches next Monday, um, in which people were asking questions. And like the first thing that someone tweeted out was, I guess there's been some shipment problems with, um, I should just, I want to pull it up because I want to actually read what the person uh, said. Um, but there's been shipment issues where people aren't going to get their equipment um, in time uh, for the launch. And so someone responded. I got with, you. It's in the channel. Yeah. You know what? Here's a crazy idea. Let me personally deliver one. If you're in the Bay Area and you are okay with me coming to your house at 9 a.m. on the 19th, please DM me with your pre-order number. Uh, I'll pick one person based on an order received and how close you are to my house and drop by on my way to work. Bring your order and we can even play your first game together. Don't and do that. That's just – don't – yeah, don't. I mean, the, it's – again, it's – that's someone trying to be nice. That. My right? Like someone <laughs> – my very favorite response it comes to from that a genuine place. was someone on Twitter who's, who retweeted that and said, Death Stranding 2019. <laughs> I will personally deliver your stadia. This delivery has um, to be and made. So the rest of this thread is just a bunch of uh, announcements that Google has not made about features that are not going to be at launch. Um, it has an achievement system, but it won't be in the UI. That UI is coming, quote, shortly after launch, which is, you're going to hear that a bunch of times. Um, Just added to your Google account. Just appears as part of your email signature. You have no choice. (laughs) (laughs) So the the, the achievements are being, like, cataloged, but they just don't surface in the UI until later. Um, Uh, Real quick, that joke. I'm going to give credit to this joke. This joke was by by at Rainbow Fission, a.k.a. Brian 2, the sequel to Brian. (laughs) Shout outs to Brian 2. All right. Um, so, uh, you know, the, the promise of, of, uh, Stadia is that you'll be able to play anywhere on any device that is not true at launch. They have been, that has been upfront as something that has been true. Um, but the whole idea has been, you've been able to use at least like your Chromecast, uh, ultra in order to, um, display it on your TV. I think it's going to eventually work on other Chromecast, but like Chromecast ultra for whatever reason is what it is at launch. Well, it turns out. It'll only work on the Chromecast Ultra that ships with the Founders Edition, which is $150. Why? Because it has the newest firmware, and that firmware will not go out for other Chromecast Ultras uh, until soon after launch. So, you know, if you have multiple TVs and the thought was like, oh, I'll be able to go throughout the house and play it wherever I want, that is not true. Um, Family sharing, which... I believe they've said, uh, you know, we're upfront saying that's not going to be here at launch. Um, it's just the the person the, the person who responded saying um, soon, you know, we'll have family sharing, but for now you'll just quote have to buy games for your child's account, <laughs> which is just what? Don't say that. <laughs> don't say that. Don't say go pay another sixty dollars, whatever they're going to charge. They haven't said the the pricing for for the games. Uh, Small yet. children are definitely just dying this Christmas for their Stadia. <laughs> yeah, well, like, well, yeah, the, it that is launch lineup, the it toy of yeah. twenty nineteen. Um, oh man, it just that uh, is Stadia, the thing. Stadia, it's not like I don't. Anyway, continue. Stay, yeah, save, save, hold your applause. Um, Stadia on iOS, which they've said is not at launch, but just the response of, quote, 
oh man, I wish I knew. <laughs> Which is just like, okay. Um, there, and then let's see, uh, there might be, also I should credit this thread to uh, at uh, Russell Holly, two S's, two L's, another two L's. Um, Russell has spoken. Um, uh, there might be uh, one, stadi- one Stadia game with st- a Stream Connect by the end of the year. State share and crowd play aren't coming till next year. So stream um, stream connect is what? That's the one where you you'd be able to like hand off like yeah. like hey I'm stuck on this puzzle right like could you come in and finish that for me? And then state um, share was the one where you could straight up like hey I want to I want to I'm watching a video I want to jump in here in the video or whatever right. Something like that. It's like, yeah, that way around, like hey, I'm, maybe it's the other way around. Maybe that's you're the other in way. a game. And but you like, can one, yeah, one on. of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the other was like, hey, I'm stuck on this puzzle, and then it will scrub like YouTube videos to like show you like the, the right. solution to that right. puzzle. Boy, I, how are they going to curate that? Because that's gone well on YouTube so far. Um, <laughs> here's this Nazi telling me how to get through this tomb <laughs> in uh, Rise of the Tomb Raider. Um, <laughs> Let's see. Uh, That's pretty harsh about <laughs> on Laura Croft. I mean, we have some issues with Laura Croft, but she's not, not quite a Nazi. No, I, I, I got it. <laughs> um, you need a phone in order to buy games. You will not be able to to, to buy them through the uh, TV UI. That is unbelievable. You and it's like you can't even do it on a web app. There's not even like a website. No, I, I okay. Maybe I'm. Read the text. Maybe I'm maybe I'm breaking my NDA. You okay. can buy the games on the website. I feel like I will be forgiven for clarifying That's, yeah. uh, that you can okay. do that on the web. Um, uh, da, 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 da. It'd be very the funny if that blacklisted us. Anyway, you get you get the yeah. you get the the gist, which is that um, you know, I think I, I I proposed that actually what this was was an early access launch, um, and I think stuff like this. Gives you know an increasing uh, sense that uh, this is coming in as hot as possible. Um, I mean, there are games that are not part of the launch lineup that they said were part of the launch lineup like not yeah. that long ago. So clearly, there's this is <sighs> like get it out the door, you know, address it later, um, sort of things. But um, yeah, so fix it in post. Stadium, fix it in post. Fix it in post. Uh, well. You know, I think that we'll talk more about that on Monday. I'm very curious to see mm-hmm. what Patrick's thoughts are. Uh, yeah, I, if you, got, if you have questions, send those in, yeah. and we can uh, address those um, on Monday. Other news, uh, XO19 is – or do you have something else, uh, Kata? No. Oh, okay. XO19 happening today, the big Xbox event for the winter. Um, some new games being announced. Is that in Brazil again? Wasn't it in Brazil last year? I don't know. I feel like that was true. I don't know. Anyway. Um, no, it's in London, isn't it? Mm. I think it's in London. Um, what, what's, what's popping off here? You've a, you got a press release, right, Patrick? I did. Yeah. So we're recording this prior to all of this happening. And so, so there could Microsoft be stuff that we me. don't hit that like is big. Yeah. News. It could be stuff we don't hit. Um, we also like, I can tell you the new, uh, rare, uh, you know, uh, game is called Everwild, but this press release has no details on Everwild. It says, uh, at this evening's X09 uh, event in London, we were able to share with fans some of the incredible things that the different teams were working on. This included talking about the next monthly update for Sea of Thieves, as well as giving fans a first glimpse at the new IP from Rare, Everwild. Um, it's, Everwild. But there's no details on what, what it that is. is. Um, so, what else? Uh, uh, we'll... Obsidian first-person co-op survivor survival game? 
Yeah, a game called Grounded, um, which actually has a pretty cute uh, premise. Um, So uh, in Grounded, players are shrunk into the size of an ant and tasked with surviving in the unique micro world of a suburban backyard. Players must gather, craft, and build bases with everyday objects found within the yard, searching for life-saving resources and living alongside giant peaceful insects while fighting to survive uh, massive uh, hostile inhabitants. Grounded provides a mix of environmental and narrative-driven storytelling set in a versatile, handcrafted sandbox structure. allows players to create their own experience in the ground up. Tasks that may seem appro- approachable f- when human-sized become a challenge in this dangerous backyard landscape. Yada, yada, yada. That's, that's a that's you know, Who knows how that pitch. is? But that's, it's, a, it's a cute premise yeah. for we're going to make a survival game. Um, and they basically – I don't know where I have it, it elsewhere. But basically – um, there was sort of like a quote they're like trying to like head off like wait so you bought Obsidian so they could make a survival game huh and the quote was basically like, no like we would just we have this is an extremely small team that did like That's a prototype funny. and it seemed cool and we're letting them do that like the big you know RPGs that you would expect from them are you know down the is, road that is still still coming um, they're ba ba uh, one of the big ones is uh, Don't Nod is doing a game called uh, Tell Me Why. Um, and it caught my eye because in the like bullet point version, and I'll end up reading from the press release so I can give it full context um, um, because this is clearly going to be part of like their marketing positioning of this game, is uh, Xbox Game Studios re- uh, will reveal Tell Me Why, an exclusive narrative adventure from Don't Nod, the studio behind Life is Strange, which features the first playable video game hero from a major studio and publisher who is also transgender. Um, so obviously that's, you know, not only like central to the character, but like also is going to be something where they want to like puff their chest and say, haha, look what, look what we did. We're funding a trans character, which, you know, I think there's, <laughs> that rubs a little bit. Uh, yeah. Like doing weirdly, it. Yes. Uh, we should have more stories about trans people and there should be more trans characters. And I'm happy I, I that do, they're involving, that they're involving a consultant in some capacity. Like, yeah. So also, I, I do wonder if part of, part of this is like them trying to head off, like motherfuckers, are you going to get this wrong? Um, so let me just read from the press release. Okay. Um, set in small town, Alaska. Tell me why places you at the heart of a mystery in an intimate, true to life story where twins, Tyler um, and Allison, uh, A-L-Y-S-O-N, Ronan, uh, use their extraordinary bond to unravel memories of a loving but troubled childhood. Um, quote, the core mechanic of the game is to the special bond Tyler and Allison share and is also a theme strongly anchored in the don't nod storytelling approach. Um, over the course of the story, players will explore the identical twins' different memories of key events and choose which memory to believe. Ultimately, the choice players make determine the strength of the twins' bond and the future course of their lives. Tyler and Allison are both playable characters and equal heroes in the story. Quote, we love them both and are especially grateful to Microsoft for its full support, openness, and help regarding Tyler's identity and character as a transgender man. Uh, Don't Nod has worked closely alongside Microsoft and the LGBTQ media advocacy group GLAAD in shaping Tyler as an authentic representation of the trans experience, as well as a genuine multidimensional character. Tyler is also the first playable video game hero for a major studio and publisher who is also transgender. You'll notice a theme with that that line. Um, quote, Microsoft and Don't Not have approached Tyler with a real commitment to authenticity, explained Nick Adams, director of transgender representation at GLAAD. Tyler is a fully realized, endearing character whose story is not reduced to simplistic trans tropes. Creating a playable lead trans character and taking such care to get it right raises the bar for future LGBTQ inclusion in gaming. Um the story of Don't Tell Me Why is comprised of three chapters that were released on a clear and predictable schedule. Don't Nod are passionate about the opportunities for community building and audience engagement that will come with episodic storytelling. They also dedicate it to innovation and improvement. 
Uh, we're thrilled to announce the entire Tell Me Why story release uh, in the summer of 2020. Uh, you, the thing that I was going to say before is that, like, my hope is that there are some trans developers on the project, too. I don't know what's up with the development team. Uh, and and I also don't expect, like, those developers to – having trans developers on your team does not mean that, like, if the game's representation stumbles that it's their fault or something. Like, uh, it doesn't – it is not right. as simple as that. Uh, nor does it mean – Who knows what their creative role is absolutely. and influences I, on – I hope that, that, the, moment to moment. that it is more than just – like consultancy, awesome, a hundred percent. But it's like a big company uh, that has a lot of projects, um, and I think the that the best way to get that stuff done right is to bring trans folks on board directly. Well, I sort of feel like um, Patrick just wrote that piece this week. And we talked about it in the last pod about uh, the construction of Parvati, yeah. right? And Kate Dollarhide's uh, writing of that character from her own experiences, and. I think one of the reasons that character ends up feeling so identifiable, so relatable, uh, so like so much like a friend you are hanging out with is that it is coming from that perspective. It is not someone approaching this character as, ah, here's the defining aspect of this character and I must communicate all these things at all times correctly. Uh-huh. It is somebody drawing from lived experience yep. to portray a fully dimensional character uh who is also is also in that case uh ace and that seems a hell of a lot easier to do if you're someone who has that lived experience rather than someone who is trying to do right by marginalized groups but whose primary avenue is to go to consultants and be like so uh what's this like yeah, that's tough. That is a yeah. that is a tough challenge. It is, and I I which doesn't mean you shouldn't do it or that like you should be like all right. Well, I guess that means I don't have to try. Try um, for me, it ends up being a question of resourcing and like I, there are trans men who work in the world of video games and who write video games and who are available. Uh, there there is definitely like someone who could help them write this story. Um, and I know that 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 might be true. That already might be true. Like I don't. We don't. It could know. be in a fe- It could be in a, a video feature that rolls. Like we should be yes. clear. Like we, we have not seen the seen trailer. The tra- we haven't yeah. seen. This is totally. just like a, totally. a a very blank press release. I was criti- given to like. I, yeah, I'm not even. We're yeah. not even. This is not like a heavy criticism of this. It's just like a, like all right, please get this right type yeah. thing. Because um, I know it will mean a lot to a lot of folks. So it does <laughs> it does make well, me uh cure like I. I've seen enough from Don't Not and what they've done to like give them uh, even a benefit of the doubt, but more that uh, I'm willing to entertain the idea more than I would at face value for a lot of other developers, given the way they've handled lots of other mm-hmm. um, touchy subjects that would, I, I could easily have gone awry um, or not felt um, authentic. Um, and I think they've done that you know, with race and sexuality in like various forms over the course of like the Life is Strange series, child abuse. Um, um, like they haven't shied away from that stuff and have shown a sensitivity. But um, those games also didn't like come out of the gate with like, what's up? Like, you know what we're about? Yeah. yeah. Being gay. You know what we're about? Like racism. Right. And so this could just, again, like this could be Microsoft, right? In which like they're seeing like, hey, actually like, 
I don't know, we could boil this down to like a marketing <laughs> point and like get some right. credit. And mm. um, and I, the reason I, I bring this up, like relative to like Outer Worlds, is like part of the re- but you know, in talking to Kate about writing that character, and part of you know the response she has seen from uh, you know queer players and people identify as ace was that like oh like yeah she's ace but like okay like that's just it's something you learn as like on a long checklist of things about that character um, that I, that that like build into the character of who she is as opposed to like upfront like you know who Parvati is like she's she's ace right it's not like she's out of the gate and it's like let's let's talk about this and like center it now granted maybe this will be part like crucial to the story and so centering it in the marketing is both them planting some sort of flag but it's also like writing like a huge check and then also it like makes me a little nervous when it seems like oh suddenly appealing to including marginalized groups and centering them in a story mm-hmm. can also be uh something that you feel like you can cash in on i mean i guess that's, that's like mm. a better world than not inclusion but it just it can feel a little grimy yeah. that's that's a that's a thing that when we when we uh, recorded a podcast on Life is Strange two at the best part of our end of the year stuff last year, mm-hmm. uh, that I was immediately kind of weary of it was like, are they just gonna start going down the, uh, you know, inclusionary, uh, include like, in, uh, you know, diverse, diversity <laughs> ah, t- representation. Today, today is trans. Like this one, we've got <laughs> you know Latinx people. Next one's gonna be. Uh, trans and then the next one's gonna like as like a as like a checklist that they feel like they have to hit in that way rather than including those sorts of characters in whatever story they're trying to tell right which is a different kind of uh it's a different focus obviously mm-hmm. like like more like the poverty thing where it's like it's not the focus of that game but the inclusion is maybe maybe i mean we don't know what this game is going to be like obviously but like uh having um Having enjoyed Life is Strange too, I'm willing to give them benefit of the doubt, but it just kind of feels almost like a, it's like, oh yeah, here's the next one they're gonna do, and it kind of feels, yeah, a little weird that it's just like each one is like we're focusing on one new uh, marginalized group that we're going to like kind of do this one thing with and then move on. Yeah, I definitely have mixed feelings. I mean, Go ahead, Rob. I think there's a couple things. Uh, just real quick, one, I feel like we we said I hope they get this right. I think that is probably an impossible, like getting it right is going to mean so many different things to so many different people that to a degree, when representation is this thin on the ground, it feels like a bit of a Kobayashi Maru because probably Mm -hmm. there will, like there will be ways in which folks feel you have misrepresented experiences they've had, or you're approaching them from a different perspective. And being one of the first people, one of the first studios to really like try and tell a story centering on this does put you on the hook. It is it is a big check. Um, and my suspicion is they will some like it will it will be an ambivalent. It'll be successful that creates a lot of ambivalence. Like I think that's what success looks like. I think, you know, best case, this is still ends up feeling like something that may leave people feeling a bit ambivalent uh, because there simply isn't that much representation. Um, you know, certainly with, with main characters, certainly as a focus of a narrative. Um, but I don't know. I do to a degree. I think there's, I try not to be too cynical about something like this. Cause I just don't see it. There, there, there you, are you previous might as well attempts, face like, it head on. Kato's right. Like, it can feel a little checklisty, but like, 
they've sort of na- like you know not perfect, but like they've done a really good job yeah. um, with previous attempts at things like this. Like you know, th- there's a reason that like part of the quick re- though there is there is like. For as many like queer folks who really resonated with Chloe and Max in season one sure. of Life is Strange, there are quite a few uh, queer women critics for whom the ending of that story felt like a betrayal well, of, of course, those characters. Yeah, it, it, it's and, a trope, yeah. Yeah. So like I, I don't want to like I don't want to be forced to. But isn't that, that end a, state that end state is is sort of like what I guess Rob's speaking to, right? Like it's likely who knows? Know, yeah, totally. But I, but I, but I, I mean, the the real answer here is there will be as many perspectives on this as there, the, the perspectives will be as diverse as people are, right? Like right. you're, sure. you, yeah. we live in a moment where the, I think the four of us move in circles online, I've said this before, that are very reactive and that are also very like hypercritical, very much, I don't want to say like ironic, but there's a degree to which it is very hard to do right by us. It is very hard. P- presence isn't alone, isn't enough alone. Do you know what I mean? Like there is, we expect right. more. And then the, the, our friends expect more. The, the critics that I trust expect more than that. And so I expect a year from now to see on my feed next to each other, trans critics who I respect and love explaining why this has failed them next to fans who are so eager and and feel so unrepresented in culture writ large and who also just aren't critics being very enthusiastic about the the sheer presence. I mean, we, we, this is the outer worlds thing around, around critique of capitalism. This is like so many examples of like, Hey, this thing does a little bit of X. And for an audience that has only engaged with works from mainstream creators, from the AAA game space, from Hollywood cinema, from like big, big budget bookstore bestseller lists, like that style of representation ends up hitting an audience that doesn't even know that there is outsider art, that there is art coming from independent spaces that might be doing this better, that there could be creators like them that they could be giving their money and support to. And I think one of the very difficult things to do, uh, you know, it's nowhere near as difficult as being trans, but as someone who wants to be an ally to the trans folks in my life, like, it's like, how do I both, how do I both, um, The answer is I lift the voices of trans folks and what their experiences are and stay the fuck in my lane is is the actual answer. Uh, uh, It is not that difficult. I take it back. But it's a practice that I have to do, which is like when this game comes out, the people who I'm going to be interested to hear about around these issues are the folks for whom this game either speaks to them or speaks about them. Uh, and and it will do both whether it wants to or not because that is what being marginalized and creating works about marginalized folks ends up doing. Uh, and so, like, yeah, what we uh, this is absolutely a we will have to see thing. We could also all see this trailer in two hours and be like, yikes, or like, oh, hey, this is actually, like you said, there's a there'll be a little, like, micro doc that comes with it that is like, here's a personal story told by someone who has a deep and, and you know, intimate connection to to this identity. Uh, uh, we'll see, right? Um, but but, I, but I, I definitely expect it to be divisive, not in the sense that, like, not just in the obvious sense, which is, like, they're going to get a lot of hate from complete shitbags for even saying this, which, to your point, Rob, I get why you're, like, side on the on the sense of of like hey tackle it head on because to not do it is to give in to a bunch of assholes who would prefer things to not even come up um but at the same time like i i definitely suspect that that divisiveness to be what happens with any mainstream you know uh uh anytime a mainstream developer tries to tackle something like this it is going to be messy um 
We'll see. It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. I think that is the thing that's so frustrating uh, is that the inclusion of a trans person, uh, the inclusion of a trans man in this game is just like, yeah, okay, there are, there are trans men in the world. Like I – they are – they are all around us. You know what I mean? Like there are lots of very right. dear people to me who are trans men. That is a reality of my life. Uh, that does not necessarily mean that like uh, it should it shouldn't be a back of box feature. I think maybe that is the bit that that rubs the wrong way. Is that he- hearing a- about inclusion in the same like terminal the same like enthusiasm that someone on a stage talks about a you know a puzzle mechanic can feel like it's uh, reductive of what that inclusion might actually mean. Um, and that that can be really hard. Uh, but also, we live in a world in which the way in... A, a friend of mine literally just sent me a piece of... Uh, a, a quote from a piece of, of immigration paperwork that was like, uh, thank you for being a valued U.S. Consular Electronic Application Center customer. And it's like, oh, cool. Like anyone who's applying for citizenship is a customer of the United States. We live in a world in which in which the, the uh, rhetoric of all things is reduced to back of box like feature set <laughs> shit. Like everyone speaks in that mode already. And so I I get why you end up releasing a press release that talks about like, their unique connection, the way you would talk about the back of the that would show up on the brothers, you know, back of box thing or another any right. or, or the a way out, right? Uh, you would next to and also he's a trans man, um, and that like it's frustrating that, that is the world that we live in, but but I'm also not surprised to see it in in some ways, you know. Anyway, I'm so curious to see what their actual pitches of this at XO19. Uh, is there anything? Yeah, I'll be yeah, I'll be. It, you know, the fact that it's included in two different separate bullet points suggests that that will be in, in some way part of the, the trailer. Um, let's see. Anything else? Let me scroll through this summary press release. It's interesting that it doesn't uh, sound like Scarlet stuff here. Scarlet the next They Xbox, explicitly right? said that this was not – I think this is meant to be um, like, hey, this is our closing act mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. Xbox One, Xbox One X. Here is some peaks at the future. Um but there's, I think they're keeping a lot of cards close to their chest or until that peak um, feels like, hey, we bought all those developers. They are making yep. games. We have them making games. There are going to be exclusives. There are going to be things that make you excited about playing stuff on Xbox right away. We're going to have Xbox games coming out tomorrow, you know, or whatever, right? We're going to have an Xbox game for the next few months. And, and, and you can trust that we're reinvesting in first party development, you know, in, the, in that way. Yeah, so let's see. Grounded, uh, da, 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 Products X, Product X Cloud, which is their Stadia, their cloud thing, is uh, coming to Windows 10 PCs in 2020. We're also expanding support for more Bluetooth, contro- Bluetooth controllers, including the DualShock 4. That's cool, I guess. Mm. Um, uh, they're adding st- game streaming from the cloud to Xbox Game Pass, so I guess that just comes with it. Maybe that's already been the case. Hmm. I wasn't uh, hmm. not sure on that. New Sea of Thieves update, blah, blah, blah. Uh, big holiday, Black Friday deal, yada, yada, yada. Um, on today's Inside Xbox, we unveiled over 50 games coming to Xbox Game Pass. Link to post. <laughs> what this <laughs> That's <says>. great. <laughs> um, which that post doesn't exist. Um, starting to, oh, this is kind of cool. If you haven't had Game Pass uh, Ultimate, um, you've been able to get it for a dollar for two months. Now they're going to expand that to a dollar 
for three months, um, mm-hmm. starting today, I guess, um, or yesterday when this podcast comes out. Uh, Bleeding Edge, that game we played at E3. Uh, yeah, that like Austin, arena-based uh, team like PvP. The Ninja Theory game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there seems to be like a there's a there's a there's a through line with like a lot of what's happening with like the acquisitions, which is like they want to show that they've bought these studios, but are not are like clearly waiting for like the big projects to be mm-hmm. part of a big Scarlet unveil. Um, so it's like, yo, show Bleeding Edge, like, which could be fine. I, I think we had like fun with it, but I don't know that I've ever thought about Bleeding Edge until this very moment when I'm reading this yeah. uh, press release, you know. But hey, that's what Game Pass is for, right? You know, yeah. it's, you know, people will try that game and that they would not pay, they would not pay 30, they will, no one will pay 30 bucks for Bleeding Edge. There are very few people, but uh, whatever it costs. Um, that's coming out March 24th. Um uh, tell me why. I will say just like one small thing on tell me why unrelated to our discussion is that I thought it interesting that they included a whole passage about like we understand that people <laughs> like to play these games and you need to build a community, which seems to be like just a complete reaction to like how Life is Strange 2, despite being excellent, has more or less like bombed or yeah. not caught on because it's been like four five months in between episodes. Right. It's just really difficult, especially when you don't have the lightning in a bottle of Chloe and Max to like string people along. Like, so the fact that they're saying up front, like basically June, July, August, you'll get three episodes and you're good yeah. is I think a really smart, cause they could probably launch an episode of that like pretty soon. Mm-hmm. But the fact that they're going to wait and just string them all together is, um, is uh, smart. Uh, Halo reach coming to the Halo master chief collection on December 3rd. I get presume that must be for PC. Um, Da, da, da. New footage of Microsoft Flight Simulator. Oh, a, a Rob special. The future <laughs> of strategy is revealed in the first gameplay trailer for Age of Empires 4. Um, today, the newly named studio World's Edge revealed the first gameplay trailer for the highly anticipated Age of Empires 4. Yada, yada, yada. Shannon also included a brand new launch trailer for Age of Empires 2. Patrick, da, da, da. that, that yeah. email you got have linked to like an unlisted video perchance? <laughs> Um, it does not. Um, <laughs> sorry. Are you excited? Is that is that like is that legitimate? I I saw strategy, but like, but can you like situate a context for like where this falls? Oh sure. There's a, well, I don't know where it falls, man. I'm super curious because like, Age of Empires is a series that at its zenith was the most traditional uh, base building style economic RTS that you could get like age of empires two, which they just released the definitive edition of, I need to get to it. Uh, I've got code for it, but age of empires two age of Kings, like was the one that blew the hell up. Uh, Bruno Diaz wrote a great piece for us about how that community kept that game going for years. It's still not a solved game years and years later. But when you think of like, what are RTSs in the most, like if you're looking for the archetypal base building RTS, it's age of empires two. Age of Empires 3 tried to reinvent itself and, like, not be that and do something different. And it ended up kind of being rejected. And so that, like, the RTS in general is a genre that is not even at a crossroads. It's, it's more like stalled in the intersection and uh, in the Southwest is, is the way I'd put it. Uh, and then Relic was attached to Age of Empires 4 that they were sort of loaned out by Sega mm. to Microsoft to make a new Age of Empires. Where that gets really interesting is Relic tried to reinvent the RTS and like remarry it with the MOBA genre, 
with Dawn of War 3, their last 40K RTS, and that was also, like, roundly rejected. Uh, people did not click with it at all, and it basically ended the Dawn of War series. So, I'm really curious, like, with Age of Empires 4, what is it? What do you make? Because on the one hand, Age of Empires 2 is a really old-fashioned type of game, yeah. and, like, maybe its moment has passed, but everyone who has been like, that's played out, we need to do something different with the RTS, has basically watched those ambitions implode. Is it time for the it next does, big RTS? Like, when was the last big it's RTS? It's always time like, for the big RTS. Right, Grey, well, Goo, like, I'm Grey Goo was huge in my household. <laughs> Like literally the only one I can think of that like actually popped was the first part of StarCraft Two, and then like that was a while ago. That was a while ago. That's that what I'm saying. Like, uh, is Company of Heroes dog? Company uh, of Heroes well was when? For like, I know, I know, I know. Co <laughs> Two was not was after, but like Co Two did well. Yeah, but Company of Heroes is not a new franchise. Sure, no, it was yes. 2006 is Company. Everyone of should play our Dance Assault though. That thing kicks ass. What uh, when was the last one? When was the last one? I'm gonna, I'm I'm getting a list. I'm getting a list by year. Here we go. Uh, Twenty. Let's go through. <laughs> let's go through. Uh, I'm not gonna count things that are not RTSs. Like the the Anno series has RTS elements, but that's not an RTS. That ain't that is a, that's a that ain't builder. it. That ain't it. Uh, Warcraft Three Reforged. Did that did that come out this year? Or is that not out yet? That's is that the remake of Warcraft Three. Okay. I, I bet that doesn't pop off because Warcraft Three didn't pop off like that in the competitive scene so much as its mods did. Yeah. Right? Dota. Yeah. I, I'm not saying it didn't do all right. I, I played a lot of it at the time. Uh, they are billions? Sorry. That did all right, didn't it? Winter Age of Empires yeah. was a tower defense game. That's kind of what it was. Right. Yeah, that's kind of what it and was. And people liked it. People liked it. Halo uh, then Wars 2. they made it into a full game with campaign. It sucked. Anyway. Halo Wars 2? <laughs> no, Warhammer. No, I'm going to get to that any day now. Dawn of War three did not really do well. Um, I know people liked Tooth and Tail, but I don't know anyone who plays it competitively. I don't. Played it. <laughs> I know a couple people who played, played it. I admired what it was trying to do, but I did not dig it. Ashes much. of the also, Singularity. Fuck that game. Hoomst? Uh huh. <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh. Some of this is just a lie. Again, you can't put Hearts of Iron 4 on this list. That's not what we mean when we say RTS. It is real time. Um, what do you think about like off-world trading company? Is that an RTS? That's not what a good we mean, question. but did have a scene. Yeah, you know what? It is. It, it it deserves consideration, but also it's very much one of those conscious like, but what if I weren't an RTS? Yeah, yeah. Like it, it's very much <laughs> yeah. like what what if a Euro board game, right. but an RTS, and it's cool. I thought you meant conscious, like Common the rapper, and like <laughs> yeah, it is kind of that too, though. <laughs> it's like Common doing a TED talk, but a an RTS. Homeworld Deserts of Karak. Hell yeah, great See, game. Not sure that many people played it. Not okay. It didn't blow up, but like, this is the thing: right? the genres don't go away; they just get quiet. Right. Um, right. Like you said Grey Goo 2015 definitely didn't really blow up. A bunch of Age of Empires 2 expansions that I'm skipping over here. Planetary Annihilation, I thought maybe would have been the thing because I had that big Kickstarter, yeah. but no, not really. Starcraft 2 Legacy of the Void in 2015, also not really. I'm not counting Total War games here. 
or or no. those have been coming out, but that's not the basis of what those are. And then yeah, those Ardent's Assault is, is really, Ardent's yeah. Assault was 2014. Company of Heroes two, uh, Ardent's Assault, uh, very long time ago. Still, I wouldn't say took off like that. Pikmin, Fresh as it was yesterday. Pikmin three. Wow. Pikmin three. Yeah. Coming of Heroes two was 2013. That's six years ago, Rob. And also, I can't believe there hasn't been a Pikmin for you. I know. That? that seems like, come on, Switch. Well, it was explained that, like, when uh, Miyamoto appeared on stage, uh, you know, at Fallon, I want to say, he had to leave the Pikmin behind. Uh, Caravelle explained all this on a giant bomb. Okay. <laughs> Command & Conquer 4, Tiberian Twilight in 2010. Uh, Ruse. Remember Ruse? Mm. Oh, yeah. Ruse in 2010. Hell, yeah. I like, I, oh, that was the Ubisoft game, right? Yeah. Where you could talk into the, mm-hmm. the microphone. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say 2010 was like the last big push. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like Because that was Dawn of War 2. That was Ruse. That was uh, Wings of Liberty. That was the first StarCraft. Was that right. the first StarCraft? Yes, Wings uh, of Liberty was the first. Yeah. Uh, uh, some of the of the Solar Empire stuff was coming out then. 20, 2010 seems like it was like the year that there was like you call it you call it a last push I call it a last gasp. <laughs> God, brutal. Uh, you know I, I I think you have to go, which is probably why Age of Empires Four is just probably like I think that it's maybe telling that they're announcing it on the day that Age of Empires Two comes out, which is probably that it ends up being pretty traditional, right? Like like we're in an yeah. era where like Command and Conquer is getting remastered, nineties nineties um, nostalgia, World of Warcraft baby. is getting mm-hmm. remastered. So mm-hmm. it's like what the Age of Empires Four are like. What if Age of Empires 2, but like, yo, we built it from the ground up for 2019, you know? So Where it gets really tricky, I think, is Age of Empires 2, I think people really liked that game because most of them were playing it solo. And I yep. think what changes in 2010 is so many of these games are misled into thinking what people really want to do is just play multiplayer. And they're like, hey, why don't you, you know, take it online? Like StarCraft Wings of Liberty was very much like... Yeah. You know, don't even do custom matches. You know what you should do is play ladder. Get yeah. on that ladder. Play matchmaking. But that is kind of what that group of people wanted. Or like that 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 community kind Yeah, of and there's like wanted. five of them. <laughs> now, yeah. now. I feel like when that came out, though, it did kind of have it, its moment for that like year or two. Because it was StarCraft, though. Right. I think, I think yeah. yes, true. I think it had its moment. But people were like, hell yeah, StarCraft. What but what people just... interpreted was esports. Right. 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 Well, and that's the problem in a, in a real way is like what I would want from an age in age four is not esports, and I hope that they can resist the urge to esports. Um, and that's just a personal preference. <laughs> resist, resist the, the urge, urge to esports. <laughs> resist the urge I to wish e-sports. you would. Ca- well. yep. you, sometimes you're looking for pod it's titles. Right there. there you go. Yep. Got it. Uh, there you go. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Um, so we'll see. Is, it, yeah. is it just well. are we? What are we? What are we, is there? God, is the RTS – sometimes genres leave us for a long time. <laughs> Homeworld 3 is, like, happening. No, again, those games come out and they're good. and they're. But I mean in terms of uh, big popular, like, uh, having having a kind of, like, real estate of the mind. It's right. just not mm. – it's just it, – it hasn't it, – it's hard for me to imagine what does that again. Um, but that's why they don't pay me the big bucks, you know? I'm not an Imagineer. So, if I were, maybe I could I could put it together. Um, I didn't I didn't know Disney was in. Uh, the yeah, they're in the RTS. RTS. Oh, yeah. Disney is in the RTS business for sure. <laughs> you think those Marvel movies are about? That's creep. <laughs> um, 
Minecraft Dungeons, okay. Closer Look, Minecraft Earth celebrates early access, yada, yada. Yeah, that's the iOS. Wasteland. Uh, Android game. AR. Yeah, the yeah, AR thing. AR, yeah. um, Wasteland 3. Okay. May that's, 2020. I should. Yeah. That tr- Get mm. blown away by the first glimpse of Crossfire X gameplay. Blah! That's the know, Crossfire, Crossfire X, X is that yeah. is space COD. Space COD. Damn. It's like shooting people in space. Oh, I'm pretty I was sure that's say, that game finally is. the oh, cool. video game of Crossfire that we've all been waiting Crossfire. for. Crossfire. Uh, Crossfire. Oh wait, I'm wrong. I'm wrong. I'm wrong. I was thinking of a different Crossfire X is not the one in space. Crossfire X, I think, is just the one that looks like any other. I don't know what this is. What is this? Is this the one where like uh, Phil Spencer big... came out and made a big yes. deal about a game? And then everyone was like, what is, <laughs> what is exactly this? It. Yes. Like, but I think, that, I think if I'm correct, the interesting hook here is that Remedy is doing like the story, right? Isn't that also part right, of this? Well, I don't know what the fuck it is. Crossfire X Remedy story. <laughs> yeah, Remedy. Creator of Max Payne on Wake is lending his talents to Crossfire X. Yada, yada. Okay, sure. I hope they're just doing like short films. <laughs> oh, like it's funny. just like the puppet theater that's in control mm-hmm. and like that's it like, right damn we need yeah, we too. need weird like hallucinatory <laughs> puppet sequences in this game uh get me in crossfire's canon the two factions are global risk a private military corporation that functions as the game's good guys and blacklist a terrorist <laughs> organization that's quote <laughs> all right i'm gonna read this whole sentence from the jump in Crossfire's canon, this is this is from Polygon. Uh, in Crossfire's canon, the two factions are Global Risk, a private military corporation that functions as the game's good guys, and Blacklist, a terrorist organization, quote, that's willing to terrorize anything in sight. <laughs> they're in it for the money. It's terrorism, baby. They're gonna fucking they're gonna terrorize all this shit. They're gonna terror. Love to terror. Crossfire. Blacklist. I, I want to find Cross the original. Fire. I want to find. I need to. I want to see the actual Cross full fire. quote. Here we go. Uh, I, I just need to. I need to know more about the lore of this. I hope it's. Uh-huh. I hope it's. I'm not good. Like I know it's probably not for me. Uh, no, that's really blacklist. Is a terrorist organization that's willing to terrorize anything in sight. The only thing that matters to them is money. <laughs> if the money's right, then and nothing terror. is. If the money's and right, terror. then nothing is impossible for them. I love this. That sounds great. Uh-huh. That is, that's just so pure. Yeah. It's like this Dr. Evil or... Uh, yeah, like, Global Risk like, is an international private military organization that strives to fight for their own justice by helping the weak and refusing jobs that go against their beliefs. They're like a PMC with a heart, Rob, you know? Just so wildly underfunded. Yeah. Basically. <laughs> like, Oh. We, we only we don't take jobs that go against our conscience. <laughs> and it's like they, they're just sitting there waiting. You, you know, you play their campaign. It's you sitting in it like an office waiting for a call. <laughs> just waiting for any call. Yeah. God. Uh, that'll be that'll be fun to see. Uh, you know, people people apparently think it's I just want to terrorize yes. anything in sight. I just can't wait. God damn it. Terrorizing this desk right now. <laughs> I see a supermarket. I'm like, I'm going to terrorize that. Ah. <laughs> Yeah, good. I'm glad we both went to ah. <laughs> uh, anything else Classic. come out of XO19, Patrick? No, or the last thing that's mentioned here is uh, uh, a new look at uh, the game The Artful Escape, which is an indie game that was shown a couple of years back and kind of disappeared. So, 
Remember that having like a cool look, maybe? Yeah, it did have a cool look. Yeah. Oh, I remember this. I played this at a. This had previously was is this still being published by um, Annapurna? Annapurna. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I played I played this at PAX a few uh, years ago. Very cool look. Uh, Last bit of news. Uh, Can we talk about Pokemon? Can we talk about? It's been canceled. It's not coming out. The Shit. games, it's weird. The game's not coming out anymore. Yeah. Because people Nintendo are, said, yeah, people said if you don't want it, fine. They fine. ran out of polygons. They ran out of triangles, triangles. Yeah, yeah. Specifically. Uh, <laughs> it just faded away like that dude down on the road from the pop-in. What the fuck? Kata, you wrote an article for, yeah. the, for the site today. What is happening? People are mad. Oh, word? <laughs> yeah, you know, it's the internet. But, yeah, I heard that. you know... When you have a series that has been as long lived and uh, and people have created such strong bonds with people get extra mad. Um, so this whole uh, the current situation, like if you missed it today and or like yesterday rather, two days ago. Sorry, time because this comes out tomorrow. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, the. The hashtag uh, Game Freak lied was trending, uh, and <laughs> Austin, did you start they that? Lied one? to you? No, this one was not me. I was not okay. part of it. Well, like I don't know. I, did I? Who could say at this point? No, <laughs> this 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 has been no, this I has been brewing. For... This has been brewing. I would yeah. never be involved in anything that uses the hashtag Dexit. The fuck out of here, <laughs> Jesus! <laughs> Fucking. Yeah, that whole so that that's the thing. <laughs> that so that's cool. where that's where this kind of all started was back in Hoisted during E three, uh, during the Treehouse Live. They mentioned that not uh, traditionally when you finish a Pokemon game, you open up what's called the National Decks, has the Pokedex entries for every single Pokemon that has ever existed in the series, and you would be able through some sort of transfer system, whether that be directly uh, from game to game or through like a internet service transfer over Pokemon from previous generations. Yeah. So people have been holding on to Pokemon for 16 some odd years at this point. And when it was announced that there would not be uh, a national dex in the Galar region, like people were angry because they have a very strong connection to their Pokemon that they've had for a long time now. Um, what What's interesting though is that it, it that became kind of a like weird fuel for them to then like scrutinize this game to a level of like nitpicking that fe- that it feels like it's beyond anything I've ever seen with Pokemon specifically, uh, given that these games have always been um, like you know it's a it's a game that is stylized um, its it, it stylization is more cartoony and yep. not uh, like realistic and a lot of uh, a lot of the uh, nitpicking that has come out has been like, look at these graphics. They look so bad. Why Why does it look like, look, at, here's Breath of the, first of all, here's the, here's the thing. Here's Breath of the Wild, a game totally like Pokemon. I'm, I'm sending you right <laughs> here, now. I am. Here's this, here's the wild area in uh, uh, Pokemon. Why these trees and grass look so bad? Um, I'm, off this zoomed-in screen cap off a stream or whatever. These motherfuckers are like, look at how, look at the jaggies on this shadow. Yeah. Shut the fuck up. Does, does this the fucking lock? Like, I'm gonna fucking slap your books out your hand. Wow! I'm like, I'm like, 
it is so embarrassing. It is, it is like, whoo. And <laughs> I don't understand liking something so much that you've decided to be the worst version of yourself over it. Right. I don't get it. And I know this is like, I know that I am like reverting. I know I'm like, I'm pushing the critic down in me and bringing <laughs> angry, like, I'm using my Joe Budden voice right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, there is, it is, none of this activity is what gets, is what will lead to th these people like being in a better place in their lives. Like, I don't understand what the strategy here is. I like don't get it. Yeah, it's, and I also just don't. I, but I'm also not in it like this, so yeah. like I get that I don't have that same nostalgia. I guess, I guess I get it. And well, like, I, mean, I don't. It's it's not even well because there's plenty of people like I have that nostalgia. I'm never gonna like. Right. I don't care about any of the shit. Well, that, that is people the thing, right? Up, so that is the thing. Right? This is why I'm, I'm like. Is it nostalgia? Because you have that nostalgia. Yeah. Uh, my friends who love Pokemon, I who are excited, have that nostalgia. What they don't have is a completely fucking skewered and yes. broken relationship to consumerism. I do I do absolutely think that it is it is nostalgia stacked on top of that uh, other issue of like uh uh you know, we see Puddlegate gamer like yes. over analyzation of like things where like this product seems to be taking a shortcut that means I'm getting a lesser, a, a worse deal out of it. Well, and like it's tied up into the fact that this. Remember the Dark Souls is normally, Two Shadow, the Shadow conspiracy? stuff, all that shit. Yeah, <laughs> and then it's also tied into the fact that the series is normally on uh, portable consoles, and it's always been like forty bucks is what they go for. Right, right, right. It's so making it's the jump to Switch. Bucks. It's sixty bucks this time, and people like glom onto that as a reason to think that uh, it's going to be. Like optimized, perfect. Like I don't know. Games are so big to make. Yeah, well, <laughs> like, this, games, this is the actual thing for me yeah. too. A big part of this is that there is uh, a great deal of opacity uh, between what people understand about video games and what actually happens yeah. in the creation of video games. And when you get these little draw, like it is the allegory of the cave, one hundred percent. Where like you see the the shadows on the wall in the allegory of the cave in the world of video games are someone said the word game engine or someone said the word anti aliasing or frame rate. And I understand how to make fucking video games now. I you know what? If <laughs> right. they just oh it's in unity. Oh, then I know exactly oh, what they put off. Oh, they put it in unity, idiots. That I know everything about this now. <laughs> they should use more threads. You know, like that's the right. sort of shit that happens. And it and and you get like these like overnight experts who and again, I have no problem criticizing Nintendo, a giant company. But what I do have is like when it comes from this place that has very little understanding of what on the on the ground like experience of creating a game is yeah. and then more importantly does not feel like it's engaging with the actual experience of play it's not engaging with like hey i don't like this thing because of the way playing it has has made me feel right it is entirely hypothetical and it's entirely based on a desire that at this point was signaled like they said months ago, this is not like a, a oh, by the way, all the, there is no national yeah. decks. Like that happened months before. So just don't buy it. Nationalize the decks. I, they should. <laughs> anyway, uh, Rob, you had, you had a, a note here. Well, how much of this, though, is also. So, Kato, you pulled some quotes where. Oh, yeah. Producers on the game were sort of preparing the ground for this. And you framed it to me when we were talking yesterday. You were like, look, these fucking legacy Pokemon were a big fucking problem for game balance. Like it was, yeah. you can make whatever Pokemon yeah. game you wanted, but in the end, these same fuckers 
had to be there and they had to be like the best. They had like they they had to be the most well, useful. It was, it was that they were already the best and after you have like over 800 of these yeah. balance becomes an issue of like Right. Like I can't even wrap my mind around like not even knowing how to make games at all. Like understanding that that process that, that pro- how that process is supremely complicated. The idea of balancing that many different uh, Pokemon and all the moves that they can learn and the different combinations therein because also a lot of competitive uh, play is uh, doubles instead of Ooh. singles. And the one of the earliest quotes that came out about this was like. We cut the decks. Uh, partially, it was hard for us to try to fit everything in, but then we also looked at game balance and we're like, okay, it's worth it for game balance. So they even said that they were yes. out. They're outright saying this is also but a balance decision. There was a another uh, uh, interview where uh, that was given to Famitsu, and this is the problem: is that this was translated many t- many times in different ways. One of the ways that it was translated is the one that this specific hashtag right. uh, glommed onto, yeah, which was yeah, yeah. Uh, that they were making higher quality models, uh, which is not st- strictly what that phrase actually meant, but can be kind of construed that way depending on which translator you ask. And so, like, it's it's just like thing where they've given an answer in English that has been translated by a, 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 an interpreter in an interview Yeah, that was like, it's about balance and like, sure, it's also hard to get these, uh, make these new models, but the, the ultimate decision came down to the fact that a thousand plus Pokemon like forms, because those also the big forms of every Pokemon mm-hmm. that have different uh, mechanical effects and then you know, so like you double every, like it's a whole thing. Um, but the thing, the thing that just like jumped out at me in that in that quote to U.S. Gamer though is what's so funny. Like, because I think we've all done this at some point. There is there are options presented to you. People are like trying to figure out what they're asking is going to be. What is the way you're going to approach this? And there's a thing you don't want to do. There's a thing you're like that is a bad fucking idea. I do not want to open that can of worms. It sucks. And what you want to say is that idea fucking sucks. I hate it. I'm not doing it. Fuck you. But instead, you're like, oh, so tough to implement. Like you could do it. <laughs> but let me tell you what that would would involve, right? Like it's you know, it's like a building contractor trying to like get you, bring you back down to earth mm-hmm. and be like, oh yeah, that's an interesting thought a you triple, have for that edition. A edition. triple deck. You want a deck that is a second house. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Patrick, you want you want it to be a quadruple decker now, huh? <laughs> a quad, quad level. A quad huh? level. Yeah. Uh, huh? You could do it. You, you could, could do, it. do it. You could. Mm. But yeah, to do that. We'd have to collapse your entire house uh, into a singularity <laughs> right. and then like build the foundation on that. But then so, Patrick, like, Patrick goes to you. insurance then, cover that. Patrick, Patrick's, you know, Jessica goes to physics class in ten years and comes back <laughs> and is like, "Hey, hey, Dad, I learned what a singularity was," and explains it to Patrick. And Patrick's like, "That motherfucker said my house would fall into a singularity. <laughs> that wouldn't happen." We're, you know what? I'm leaving Chicago. Checks it. Hashtag checks it. And like. <laughs> That's how these people um, yeah, get some breakfast get some cereal. Breakfast. But that's the thing. Like there is such a there is such a disconnect. You, in other words, in other words, 
you're right, Rob. Like this, that might be what has happened here, right? Where like you're a producer on this game, you're in PR, you don't want to come out and say no, it was impossible. Of course, it's not impossible, but it's the the scope would have been too much for them based on what their resources were. This was not like a fun thing where they where they were like, you know, what? we're just gonna kick back. Actually, we're gonna be lazy about it. And just ship what we can ship. There are like all these different reasons that go into it that have to do with balance, have to do with budget, have to do with a bunch of different things. Yeah. And the the response to then realizing that that you didn't get a fully transparent PR statement, which you never get it's from anything. Even, here's the thing. It's even that right. It's it's, it's it's based off of claims that we still are nebulous and yeah. uh yeah, Prob- I, I catch me being a little skeptical of the four chan links. Well, no, that's the thing. That's the thing. Even in the four chan links, they say that the triangle counts are different on these models. Well, that's a different model. Even if it looks visually the same, it's because they're designing the same Pokemon. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> okay, no shit, they look the yeah, same. Of course, yes, but it's yes. like you. <laughs> The triangle counts are different. Or like, uh, the tri- there was somebody, somebody fucking uh, who is side Pepe by Silva. side triangle yeah. on the grassy knoll. <laughs> somebody, do you know who, what that was referencing? Because I just got that like this year. What Pepe Sylvia? No, what's no? I don't. Uh, I mean, I know the episode it's from. I've seen that episode. Well, no, no, but it, no, no. I mean, like, it's Pennsylvania. What is what? Pepe Sylvia? He's misreading Pennsylvania. What? what? He's misreading no, Pennsylvania. He That's why it's every piece of mail because no one's getting their mail. He says that and is like, "But I need to find out." Yes, that is what it is. No, it's not. Yeah, go back if you watch that scene. Pepe Sylvia. Yeah, he is. He's doing that. <laughs> it's Pepe Sylvia. Pepe Sylvia, and you know, and it's the mail for the entire company. How is he misreading Pennsylvania as Pepe Sylvia? The idea is that he, I mean, like, I know he's, he's got like dyslexia. He can't read mm, and stuff. Okay. You know, it's like a whole thing. But mm. which is not great. No. But that's the joke there that I only had just gotten like this like two months ago. Anyways. <laughs> Is it Pokemon? They're designing the same Pokemon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And like things like um, uh, there's the new camp. Uh, I also just said Pokemon, which is very funny. I just said it like that. <laughs> oh, fuck them. Who cares? Laura Croft. Laura Croft. Let's just yeah, throw it Pokemons. all out the window. There's the, the, the new Pokemans. camp mechanic where you can hang out with all your camp buddies, and yeah. people are like. Look at these uh, animations. They're exactly the same from the first time you could hang out with your Pokemon. It's like because things have personalities that are the same. I don't, and like, it's not even it's not even the thing where like you can you can like overlap them and they're the same, right? It's the like this looks the same because this Pokemon acts a certain way. The thing that fucks me up about it is just don't buy it. Yeah, for games ultimately, for kids. Right? Grow up. Uh, see, I'm not even going wow. that far. Stop I being get a it. Child. I'm here for the nostalgia Look. shit. Motherfucker, you and me were like an hour ago talking about lightsaber colors and shit. <laughs> it's all you no, know. No, I, no, no, but I'm but I'm saying I think like this is something like Gita Jackson, who's also a big Pokemon fan, is like in talking through her own responses right, to, right. to to this game specifically, is like, remember, like, these are games fundamentally for children. Right. They appeal to a wide audience and it tries on some level to like but like if it's going to choose anything. It's going to choose the direction of the audience that like like of and like I do think there is like a, a fun like a fundamental tension that like informs us to some degree. Where like um, Pokemon has been with people most of their lives, but it hasn't grown up with them. Right? Like Pokemon yeah. has always just been what it is, and it's changed a little bit. But like you know, relative to other franchises that like grow up with an audience, like it's always 
been a certain thing and stayed within certain. So it's like there's, there's. I do think sometimes it's like, oh, this is the first Pokemon for console. Finally, Pokemon for totally right. adults. Yes. Finally, grown up Pokemon is here. And no, it's not. It's a children's game, right. and you can still love it. I love Marvel movies. They're for children. Like, there's nothing wrong with enjoying things that are, at, like, targeted to, like, younger audiences, enjoying them as an adult and, and appreciating them. But they are, at their core, games for children. Or for adults who have maintained a state of prelapsarian innocence <laughs> via the magic of Pokemon. No, I think the second that you're making Brexit jokes, you yeah. lose the card. <laughs> Actually, you know what? I take it back. That's it? Because, because yeah, I take it back because being able to be like, you know what we should compare this to is, is the like deeply terrifying <laughs> uh-huh. situation in, in uh, the UK right now that's putting a lot of – that will absolutely put a lot of people in harm's way uh, if, if Brexit goes through in, in the ways that it seems like it might uh, to us not getting to have Pokemon number 207 in my Pokedex and the new one yeah. until they patch it in or they release another game in, in a year they've, here's that the, will do here's that. the other thing is that they've specifically said like – we're probably not going to do that because okay. the point is balance. Because it's the balance. It's balance. It's balance. <laughs> it's balance of the force. Your Chinese myth dragon is too strong. Yeah, <laughs> that's I. I yeah. I. You know what? They just should have done it sooner. They should have right. f- fucking cut this shit out in 2000. They would have already gone through it. It's like when kill those Pokemon. Kill the Pokemon. They should have come up with a narrative reason. The new Team Rocket, whatever the team, the evil team is. They're just tapping Pokemon. They're Damn. just rounding them up and killing them. Now this 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 team looks pretty goofy, actually. What's their deal? They're like soccer hooligans. They're killing the Pokemon. <laughs> but why did dangerous. yeah like why did they just like reboot the narrative? Just like hey, we're just starting over. Like we're uh, legacy. People would have hated Bye-bye. it. Anyway. It's the same shit. People would have still been that. I know. Okay. Oh, here's the thing: like, is there's it, an it, element it, here. Like I get the thing around the the national decks around like there is a for money thing where you could pay to get your Pokemon in the national decks or whatever, right? Well, the, you can hold them on a or internet, like the server. internet that's, server. That's supposed to come online in 2020. We don't know what that actually looks like okay. yet. Uh, uh, supposedly, probably subscription because the last one was like Pokemon Bank existed before, which okay. is a similar thing. That was thing. a subscription that service. Was, yeah, that was a subscription service that you can move, um, I forget exactly, I think it was X and Y yeah. stuff up to the cloud and then bring it down into Sun and Moon. Uh, but so, like, the assumption is that home will also be subscription, and the idea is that you can put all your Pokemon in there, and they can just live in this happy box in the sky until you need them again. Because they have After also said the they have also and... said that the next whatever comes next will probably have a different set of Pokemon. Cool, good. So like, this should be the new thing. Like rotate them. Or yeah, whatever, you can. You, know? do, you can. It's, it, I'm thinking of it, it as, even in the way of like. Uh, like like magic cards. Saying, you're ma- all you card games do this, and yes, like you yes. rotate things out to yeah. keep the meta fresh for competitive reasons. Totally. And the people who are playing it just for the like I, to get through a story are probably never going to care that much. Yeah, I mean the thing that, that magic ends up happening is like whatever your your open you know the version vintage of whatever the, which yeah, is like every vintage. single Everything card counts. And, yeah, and like the truth is most people aren't going to play that. No. Most people are going to play whatever is legal. And they want to be at the, the top of whatever, like, that very tightly... Whatever people are playing in the most... Like, yeah. yeah, doing what... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, the the point is... <laughs> that this it, shit is just deeply frustrating yeah, for me. Yeah, it is. It it's is. embarrassing by association. Yeah, and you, you there's definitely a lot of... A lot of there's a lot of, like, repetition of, like, the same things as, like, a, well, shit. Like, here it is. And, like, you see that because people are uh, were already upset and... 
like it, it it's easy to kind of just like hit that retweet or like whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like yeah, you're right. It feels like a lot of the 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 like small points of like where this stuff originates from is kind of the the usual like way too angry about puddles. Right. Situation. Well, like, and I do want to like I think there are there are different type. The thing that's frustrating also about this is that it ends up like corralling a bunch of different types of yeah. criticism into yep. one thing. If you wouldn't be mad that like the attack animations are boring, that's a completely yeah. valid critique of a video totally. of a new Pokemon game. Like, damn, they had an opportunity here to do da 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 da. Okay, cool. Make it's that a game criticism. where you spend most of it in combat. Yeah, so, yeah. absolutely <laughs> like, that's a valid fair. thing. Except that. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, fucking the most popular thing is to turn off battle animation so the you're battles right. go faster. You're right. You're Just right. Just fucking like but, blow through it yeah, for like the totally people right. who are who are like. The hardcore that are trying to get to the end of the game just to make competitive Pokemon so they can get into online stuff. Right, right. But you know what I'm saying. I'm yeah, just yeah like, for sure. There are types of cr- criticisms that, that don't, don't even, need to build into and like the, this the, big thing. The the that that specific argument is there's this one clip and I keep I know, seeing that one kick. that the double click yeah. kip, click uh, clip, which some people have claimed is also with battle animations turned off. I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? The game is not technically out, and nobody's commented on that yet, as far as I know. Right. I haven't looked the reviews yet because I'm still waiting to actually get my hands on that game. Uh, but it's like a mess where people are just like ready and willing to repeat things that are yeah. like very speciously like mm-hmm. sourced because there's already such a like a deep want for these Pokemon to have existed. And like they're now, and then they're like, "Oh, the reasons that they said were," uh, but it's not even the reasons that they said. It's not. It's not. The reasons they said were balance. We don't know what that's like yet. Right. <laughs> this is also part of why people don't do interviews about their games. Right. This is why, like, this response is is and, and further, right? Like, we also saw, uh, God, where where was was it the Call of Duty community manager this week, Patrick? Right. Uh, yeah, one of the community members of Call of Duty was uh, expressing, uh, you know, anger and frustration at, um, you know, the way the community has uh, treated her. And obviously, you know, being a woman, you know, those attacks yeah. become incredibly but, personal much yes, faster than it does yes. for anybody else. Um, um, or that is what I was trying to, to emphasize. Men, like, to this is yeah. not even personal in the way that some folks, uh, especially women in this industry, have to face that's that yeah. shit. Well, there's uh, no way <laughs> they're not on Twitter. You know, they, right, you know what I right, mean? Like, right. you, can't, you all you can do is start a hashtag, and I don't know. Hope that hope that Nintendo notices and whatever the mind is that believes Wait, this will. Pokemon, the Pokemon something. company's on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, but but not but, the developers. But not the yeah, not yeah, 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 this yeah. is specifically uh, Ashton Williams, who's a oh, senior one of them communications is, right? manager. They're one of the some of yeah. them are actually. Um, I take that back. So I saw one of the shitty blowups over this was. Targeted. Oh, I can't remember. Yeah. Um, it was. It, yeah, it was like it's Pokemon producer or someone like tweets at some artist, and then people spun that into its own. We got stuff doing this. I want to eat lunch. I don't want to fucking talk about <laughs> these shitty Pokemon fans anymore. This Microsoft event starts in <laughs> half an hour. Yeah, I think we can be done. <laughs> um, we can be done. We can be done. <laughs> When's that game actually out? Friday. Today. 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 Yeah. Hopefully we get code. Yeah, Maybe they didn't are. send we're us a code because they knew we would count the triangles. 
They knew we would do our due diligence and count the triangles. No, it's and an Austin Walker uh, got mouthy on a podcast, and they said, well, we're taking that code that, away. Who knows? Maybe. I mean, a lot of places didn't get code. I doubt it. I doubt but, a lot. No, no, no. Very few places got code, yeah, so yeah, yeah. this was not uh But it would be very funny to me if that's true. Oh, no. Oh, that'd be, that'd be hysterical. Um, <sighs> you know, even Rockstar got us code eventually. Mm-hmm. So... <laughs> oh Jesus! All right, we should wrap this thing up. Thank you for listening to us this week. I hope everyone's weekend goes well. Oh, it's a long one. Yeah, we had a lot. <laughs> Remember being excited about Star Wars? That was cool. Yeah, that was, people that was should great. people should go play that game. I'm still ex- I'm still excited. Yeah, I'm still excited for Star Wars. Oh, I'm excited for that movie. Let's go. I'm excited for that movie too. When's that out? That's like a few weeks. End of December. Okay, yeah, a month. It's, no, it's a while. Nineteenth or something. 19th? It's yeah. pre-Christmas. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always mm-hmm. see that movie like right before Christmas break and I go home and shit. I end up seeing it with my family when I'm at Christmas. Nice. Yeah, nice. yeah. that'll be nice. Um, well, look forward to Star Wars. <laughs> look forward to Pokemon. What are, we, what are we doing next week? Is anything popping off? I'm probably going to miss a pod next week. Oh, we have one. We have a, a guest podcast next week that I recorded yesterday uh, with Munveer Hare and uh, Rashad Reddick uh, of Brass Lion Entertainment. You might remember Munveer from... His previous very, very, very good episode of Waypoint Radio. I forget the number on that one. Um, but we talk about uh, uh, the, their new company. We talk about making games with black and brown perspectives. We we get into some top five hip-hop shit. If you want me <laughs> more on my, my like hip-hop podcast mode, I'm, I'm in it in that, in that podcast. That'll go up sometime next week. Um, uh, and I'll probably miss one other pod next week, or I don't, I don't know what the pod situation will be. We'll see. But what else? Is there anything out next week that we're going to talk about? I, I mean, Pokemon. Stadia is on Monday. Yeah, and Stadia, uh, yeah. Stadia Monday. Cool. Cool. Uh, I think Star Wars is like one of the last big uh, ones for... I think that's true. I've been getting Episode into the Episode 106. You oh, you've been getting into the Mentalist? Pause. Stop. Talk to me. No, you have to sit here. Do you like The Mentalist? Are you digging The Mentalist? First season's pretty rough, and in some ways it's like your form of a CBS crime procedure. It is, and I get why people thought that it was not as good as Psych out the gate, even though I don't like Psych. But there's a misanthropic bleakness at its heart, which I identify strongly with. Rob, just wait until... Patrick Jane realizes there is a there's no honesty in men. There is a falseness to all things yes. and all people. Yes. And in all this the way, sentimentality the curdles men- a little bit. Yes, the mentalist is the inheritor of the California uh, a hard-boiled detective story. The, Son of a bitch. Uh, <laughs> let me tell you, Rob, this thing gets inner, inner, um, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, uh, organizational. Like, you start getting... The local police, then you get the California Bureau of Investigations, then you get the feds on top of that, and then you mix some sheriffs in. It, oh, it's good. It's good. Get ready. That's fascinating. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. so lots like, of so like draw the line. Like I'm gonna go Hammett, eat lunch. McDonald's. You guys keep talking about the mentalist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, bye, Patrick. Patrick Klepek on Twitter or whatever. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, we'll, we'll get into it. We'll It'll get into it in the future. We'll get, get away points. I love The Mentalist. The Mentalist pulled me out of a dark place. Uh, shout outs, as always, to Bowen for letting us use a track. Miss you off the EP Pale Machine. Find out more about that at waypoint.zone slash B-O-E-N. Patrick left. He's by gone. The, he's gone. <laughs> Look at an empty chair. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Austin underscore walk. You can find everything Waypoint does. Twitter.com slash Waypoint. Waypoint.vice.com. Uh, Facebook.com slash Waypoint Vice. Ray and review us. On iTunes. Rate and review us on iTunes. Thank Kata, you. where can people Thank find you. you on Twitter? 
at a underscore Cotto underscore appears. Rob, how about you? At Rob Zachney. I don't know why I went down here. I'm doing a bunch of voices suddenly. I'm punchy. We should get some food. Hell yeah. Because that's this is like me being lightheaded. <laughs> oh no. I'm like, man, I, I didn't eat dinner last night. I fucked There's up. There's like a Defara's Yo. near you, right? There is. It's not it's not the Defara, but it's I know like it's not the Defara, yeah. but I had a slice that was really good. It's all right. It's, it's pretty good fucking Defara. good. That place opened up a new burger spot. Yeah. That burger spot. Whoa. That whew. they had a mustard sauce. They have like, a mustard the? sauce. Oh my god. And both Kato and I were like, do we do the mustard? Like the default was a mustard sauce. And you go to a place that has like, that has the guts to be like, oh yeah, we've just put a mustard sauce on the burger. That's the default. But yeah, give it a shot. Mm. So give yourself good. over. Give yourself over. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, a hundred percent. Rob, where can people find you on Twitter? At Rob Zachney. There it is. We'll be back next week with more. I hope everyone has a wonderful weekend. Fuck capitalism. Go home. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Binge the Mentalist. Binge the Mentalist. <laughs> Is it on a, are you going to give DVDs or do you? It's on Prime now. Oh, it's on Prime now. Oh. Yeah, so Ooh, I was wow. just like, I like I was, my back was hurt and I was like, I just need to veg out for it's hours. It's a very good one. Of and those. like, Boom. Yeah, it will. There it was. will. It goes some places. I, you know, it is a CBS procedural. Um, yeah, for sure. Like it is that model. Um, but I think it ends up being like a deeply. There are some. There are some things there that that really, really work for me. Also, like the the bookings they get for actors putting in special appearances for guest spots is like oh, incredible. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Fucking everybody who like has become a lead in a major series like yep. in the last five years or anyone who was like a major lead in a series that predates The Mentalist by like five years. Everybody goes through that show. Everyone goes through it. You got to go through The Mentalist to make it big. Oh, shit. What's up? I, I went to go look for the, the Expanse. That comes back. I December. have to catch up on the expanse. Oh, yeah, it does. It, yeah, it, uh, yes. uh, according to Google, it's, it's, a, it's, it's like a big drop, right? December thirteenth, December thirteenth, twenty nineteen. Oh man, gives me like five days to watch all of it. Recording. I didn't hit the record. That's important. Uh, y'all ready? John Carmack retires, retires from Oculus. Yeah. Kind of seems like the Oculus thing is falling apart. Yep, a little bit. <sighs> A little bit. A little bit. Kind of seems like VR is falling. A little bit. Yeah. Uh, Y'all want to do 53 seconds? Sure. All right. Uh, Motherboard wrote about that. What? The the John Carmack thing? Or VR falling apart? Doom's co-creator John Carmack says he's working on a general AI from home. Yeah. <laughs> this is the head they went with. Doom co-creator John Carmack thinks he can start the AI apocalypse in his garage. Don't make general AIs. <laughs> Don't 
Don't do it. It's dangerous. All right. If anyone's going to do it. John Carmack. Car- yeah. You can see Car- Like, you look at a photo of Carmack, like, that guy could be in a Terminator movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know? It's not that he didn't know what he was creating. It's just that he didn't really care. Mm-hmm. And he thought it was going to be really No, he's indifferent. He's like, we did it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I now- <laughs> take, take me away, robot. <laughs> did. Wait. Rob? Yeah. It's not working. Oh. Uh, I don't know if that's on purpose or not. No, it's just a lacuna. Laguna? Matata? <laughs> All right. Nope. Your mic sounds better, but <laughs> your your face is still absent. Hmm. All right. Ready? Yeah. There I'm, ready. I'm ready. That. I'm ready. That's what I needed. Go. That's what I needed. Burn Pokemon to the ground. Oh my god. Jesus. <laughs> Locked the account. 